And good morning. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I turned my headphones down yesterday, but I think that was because our uh, levels were not correct. So now my headphones are good. I think. I think. Hi, Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. Griffin's back from uh, Parts Unknown. To my knowledge, uh, it still has. Uh, did you, you, you know, nobody like stole your liver or anything while you were gone, right? Um, like, yeah, I believe I have all my organs. All right. Thankfully, I wish I didn't have all of mine. Hi. Hey. <laughs> Somebody came by and was like, "I stole your kidney," and I was like, "Ha ha!" Jokes on <laughs> you. Jokes on you. <laughs> that kidney sucks. <laughs> ah, you stupid. I'm good now. Life is better. Uh, we got a lot to do on a Tuesday edition of the program coming up in a bit. Tracy Wolfson from CBS, who, of course, was in Baltimore on Sunday. Get her thoughts on what she saw from the Ravens. A little bit later on this morning, uh, all of our regular Tuesday features. Tuesday's the day like we get caught up on everything we didn't talk about on Monday. Uh, we will preview the start of Maryland basketball season. Gets underway tonight against Mount St. Mary's. Our buddy Patrick Stevens will be back with us every Tuesday throughout the year. Of course, on Tuesdays, we get into what's happening in the world of high school sports as well with our friend Wes Brown. County Sports Zone Radio will join us. And this morning, of course, it's Tuesday, so we'll preview Waiver Wire Wednesday. How hard are we going in the paint for Keaton Mitchell if he's available, which in most Baltimore-based leagues probably I've he had is him, not. I've had him in, in the press box league yeah. for, I think, majority of the year. Yeah, and how I long dropped ago did him, you, how long? I don't know, like a week or two ago yeah. I dropped him. Yeah. So. Well, somebody already got him. Really? Oh yeah, he's not available. It was probably yeah. Not available. Ken or something. Uh, yeah, Ken does love Keaton Mitchell, so that wouldn't surprise me if that were the case. So how hard are we going in the paint for Keaton Mitchell? By the way, I have a real problem in one of my leagues where I'm I'm five and four, and this is the league where we have no um, IR spot. And wouldn't you know, in that league, all of my team is on by this week. Like everybody. Everybody's either on by or uh, – all right, so hang on a second. I have – You should have known this when you were drafted. I have Tua, Daryl Henderson, Isaiah Pacheco, Puka Nakua, uh, K- Kyron Williams, Dallas Goddard, and Jalen Waddle on by. And, like, these are not good options for me to drop somebody. I got a real problem there. I don't know how I'm going to handle that. And Justin Jefferson, who's still on IR. I I, 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 don't, I, don't I don't know what I'm doing. Like I have no clue what I'm doing. Chalk it up and uh, no idea. Probably start Josh Dobbs and no. I've got uh, C.J. Stroud. I'm good oh, there. Okay. Well, like I have, but I have to in order to have a, a flex and a tight end this week. Drop Tua. No, I'm gonna have to drop. Well, I have to drop Henderson. That's fine. Like he hasn't done a damn thing. So I'll drop him in order to get one of them. I have no idea who I'm dropping. I guess I might just have to play without a kicker this week, but I'm only 5-4. and four. I don't really have room to be losing more games, but I think that's going to be my only option is going to be to draw, uh, play without a kicker. <sighs> Life is good. Life is good. We'll talk about it with Joe Serpico later on in the program. Tonight, Tyus Bowser show returns to Guilford Hall Brewery, kind of our home away from home, if you will. Looking forward to being back. Guilford All Brewery in Station North with Tyus Bowser and his special guest, Justin Matabike. Hope that you will come join us tonight. One of the uh, more rising stars in the entire league will be out with us and Tyus. Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. It's brought to you 
by Superbook Sports, HelpMyGamblingProblem.org, and A.J. Michaels. Find out more at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. But tonight, Tyus Bowser show with Justin Matabike, 7 o'clock, Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. We will see you there. Don't know what to make of John Harbaugh cryptically saying that there'll be an announcement coming with you know, David Ajabo soon. I guess that's pretty much one thing or the other. Like, there's not a whole lot of gray area there. Basically means either we will know momentarily that David Ajabo is coming back right now or not coming back at all this season. There's really no – if there's an announcement, you wouldn't be announcing we'll see where he is in three weeks. You're announcing one thing or the other. Hopefully, it's the former. Hopefully, that's the case, that they're activating him to start practicing, and we'll see where it goes from there. That would be great if that would be the case. We'll that's we'll just have to continue to wait and find out this week. The only other option is they're announcing that it's just not going to happen this year, and that would be obviously a huge bummer, and like a bummer on different levels, right? Because I think that it it covers the difference between where we wanted to see this edge rush unit move in order to be not only to feel comfortable about this season, because you could say, hey, I I do feel pretty comfortable about their pass rushing for this season. But you have to measure that against how comfortable you may or may not be about it long term. And that answer you were uniquely hoping to get from Owe and Ajabo. Like, the hopes separate the two things. Right now you say, hey, look, man, the pass rush has been pretty good. But as far as figuring out if it's something that can be an answer moving forward or if it's still going to be the biggest hole in the roster that the Ravens will have to address in the offseason, the only guys that could change that were Owe and Ajabo. And, you know, Owe has had a couple of moments, but certainly nothing that has resembled consistency. And then Ajabo hasn't played. So you're not it doesn't look good for getting your answer about that and it looks like again separate macro micro micro they've gotten by micro they've been okay macro it does look like it might be the biggest problem on the roster come the off season like when the ravens sit down they you know obviously have to address their own free agents and Justin Matabike looks like he'll be at the top of that list and sort of crosses over into the territory of the edge rush department because he's made up for so much of it. Patrick Queen, Geno Stone, those guys. But as far as just overall roster holes, it looks more like that will be the problem the Ravens will be faced with primarily at the end of the season after they didn't attempt to acquire. Well, I say they didn't attempt to acquire. They might have attempted to acquire and just weren't going to pay Chase uh, Montez Sweat $25 million a year. I don't know if the Browns will either. What? If the Browns will. Or the Browns, the Bears. The Bears sorry. already did. They did? They already sent it? Boy, good to have you back, pal. Yeah, really? Yeah, nice, nice that you decided to stick around. Why do you think I used the number $25 million? It's the actual number that he was paid. But good to see you. Hope, hope that it was a good trip. Did you hear the Ravens one? They did. Yikes. Hey, good for Montez Sweat. Yeah. Yeah, good for Montez Sweat. Good for Montez Sweat. Four years, $98 million for Montez Sweat. 
All right. Um, so, yeah, nothing else particularly from John Harbaugh yesterday that stood out to me. Just continuing to roll along. The good news, uh, is, and uh, you never hope for anybody to be hurt, but on top of everything else, Cleveland will apparently now be without Jedrick Wills as well on Sunday. So you would think that gives an advantage to the Ravens in the way that they try to go after uh, Deshaun Watson in Sunday's game, who certainly looked better. I know it's a low bar, and I know that it wasn't a particularly good opponent, but I don't know. I guess we at least filed that away that he looked better. That's all I can keep saying. It was it was better. So there's that. I, I don't know. We'll talk to folks out in Cleveland this week and figure out where they are with Deshaun Watson at this point. Is At the moment, it looks like the worst contract ever given out, but maybe there's still room there for it to get solved at some point and for him to, to at least resemble something similar. I just can't help think about how much better shape I would feel like I would be if I was the Houston Texans than if I were the Cleveland Browns. I can't stop thinking about that. Like the Houston Texans, for everything they've been through, they come out of it with what looks to be an absolute rock star and more pieces than I think we realized they had. And I was someone who was bullish about the Texans coming into the year. Remember, I was on the, I think there's something there. I think they're putting something together. I think there's talent. I think they have a good coach. And even I didn't see this necessarily coming where they were going to be competitive and relevant. Um, I thought it may be more of like a late season push where you look up and you're like, oh, wow, the Texans are 7-10. and 10. That's that's kind of remarkable. Well, they're 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 relevant. They're not – It's. I mean, this is the AFC. It's probably not going to lead to them getting into the postseason, but God, C.J. Stroud is exciting, man. That guy is a star, like a – must watch type of dude i i i uh, very much enjoy I, like i hate saying it this way because i remember the feeling when deshaun watson like first burst on the scene and we were all like dude put that guy on tv every week like make that the national tv game every late window every week give me deshaun watson now that did not pan out for mul- myriad reasons but that's the way that we felt like we felt like that guy was must watch tv when he started his career. And right now I'm starting to think that CJ Stroud, different type of player, but I'm thinking he is must watch TV moving forward, man. He is exciting. All right. So that covers uh, the John Harbaugh thing. The football game last night was atrocious, absolutely horrendous, but ultimately, uh, I, I guess reason one out. I apologize. I told you guys I was betting on the jets. The funny thing is, like, they. I'm. I guess I'm stunned by how bad it was last night, only because I haven't been watching. I think that I allowed myself to forget that, like, they, they needed to barely eke out and get the benefit of some tomfoolery in order to beat a Giants team that is is god awful. I think I allowed myself to like buy into the idea of well, they can't trust the Chargers and. The Chargers should have won that game last night. I know Justin Herbert didn't do much, but he was up against Zach Wilson. So they should have won that game. I guess apparently before the game, Aaron Rodgers was telling some people that he'd be back within a few weeks. I mean, okay. I mean, I, mean, I don't, you, I don't know what he means. If by all you need is a statue back there. I yeah, mean, right. 
I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, he... I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm not even going to attempt to. This is not a. You assume a statue of Aaron Rodgers is better than Zach Wilson. Zach I, I Wilson? would. I would assume a statue of most people is somehow better. <laughs> I don't think that the again we're talking about very low bars when it comes to this. We are really setting the bar low uh, when we have these conversations. I don't know, man. Like, if I'm the Jets, I am. Yes, sure. By all means, come right back. We we will be happy to have you. I mean, they're still four and four. I haven't looked at what their schedule is for the next couple of weeks. I couldn't tell you if they actually have a chance here. Um, I, I, I don't think that the Steelers like the the bit right now is that all four of the AFC North teams are currently holding playoff positions. I would still be surprised by the Steelers and Browns being able to comfortably hold on to those positions all year long against, again, unless for some reason Deshaun Watson really becomes Deshaun Watson again, versus teams that have legitimate quarterbacks. Like, we can be as dismissive of the Chargers as we want. At the end of the day, they're the team that has the quarterback. So, the Bills, for example. Like, I don't think the Bills, I know we're all disappointed by them, but I don't think they're going to be the, on the outside looking in at the playoffs at the end of the year. I I think the Jets let me pull up their schedule just for funsies. Right? So they have uh, Sunday Night Football uh, with the Raiders this week. So certainly win a bowl, although the Raiders obviously look like they had new life with Antonio Pierce as their coach. At Buffalo, Dolphins twice. They do have the Falcons and Commanders in there. Texans looks like a hard one now. Yeah, well, I mean, it depends on if Aaron Rodgers is back by then and what Aaron Rodgers... You know he's... So, you, you like, you absolutely know that in his mind he's back for that Black Friday game. Like, you got to know that's what this is because Amazon's pumping it hard, right? Like, they're all trying to make this Black Friday game a thing. That's I, don't, I don't know that we have decided as a society yet. Like, the way that we are willing to operate around primetime games i don't know if as a society we've decided that we're willing to shut down at three o'clock on a friday i know it's black friday i understand that and i know most people have the day off but like you're also still tending i don't know yet if we've all decided that we're going to coalesce around we're sitting in front of a tv or whatever it is to watch a a football game on a friday afternoon obviously in those markets they will I and I know last year that was about the same time that the USA England match right. was on in the World Cup, and it felt like we were willing to to kind of shut down. And you understand what I'm saying? Not everyone, obviously, but the overwhelming majority. In order to make it, I don't know yet where we are. So I almost wonder if like the NFL or Amazon is in cahoots. Like, dude, we got to make sure this works. If you're coming back. We need you to make sure it's for that game. We're trying to establish this for the first time. We don't send Zach Wilson out. Not that I am going to have other plans that day. I do, like, my family does get together on that. That's when we do our Thanksgiving is on Friday. Oh, piss. Yeah. We probably will get together at, like, 5 o'clock. Well, it shouldn't be a good game, so. Well, now, it, 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 this is where it's like, <laughs> am I willing to have my phone out? <laughs> For my family's, although we're doing it at my cousin's house now, so I'd imagine, nah, you know, he probably won't care enough to put it on the. He's weird like that. Like if it was a Penn State football game, he'd be like, 
we're going to have it on. <laughs> like, you be a college basketball on or something. And... No, no, nothing like that. Like, he cares about the Ravens and Penn State, and, like, that's the list. Like, oh. he cares deeply about those things. But if I told him, like, hey, man, you know, Jets, Dolphins is on, he'd probably be like, dude, who the F cares? So it would be the bit where I've got to leave my phone out, like, and have everybody be like, hey, you know, Glenn, really? <laughs> really? Although at this point, I'd like to hope that they understand that it's my job. I'd like to think that that, you know, it's only been doing it for 20 years or whatever it is at this point. <sighs> I think that it would, my my interest in that would be dependent upon whether or not Aaron Rodgers is playing. If it was Zach, Zach Wilson, I feel like I'm not going to be inclined to have my phone out at Thanksgiving dinner with my family. What are the Thanksgiving games this year? Um, good question. I don't even remember. Cowboys play. What, huh. Really? Breaking news from Griffin. The Cowboys are going to play on Thanksgiving. The Thanks, Lions, buddy. I think, I think the Lions play. D- oh, dynamite <laughs> observation. You're killing it. This guy. You can't get anything past this guy. This guy. Except over for here. Montez Sweat. You can't. That's the only thing you can yeah, get past. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, Packers at Detroit at at twelve thirty. Washington at Dallas. Uh, and then San Francisco at Seattle is the nightcap. It's okay. I mean, God. God. Like, that's that's different, though, because it's sort of like part of the... Um, all right, so our Thanksgiving bit is that we do lunch at my mother-in-law's house. And then we're, like, expected to just, like, lay around all day. It's not a, it's not a joke. Like, we're, we're expected... I think it's a parent thing. Like, I want to have you in my house. Like, we are expected to just sit there for like hours and then go to their like childhood friends that like basically they call cousins go to their house at night for dinner and i like them a great deal so i've never that's never bothered me i enjoy it and they've got you know kids that are around my kids age so it's very sweet they're like they have two girls we have two boys and they all like cuddle and watch movies together it's very sweet um so you know in a way i almost prefer it to be games i don't care about because that in that setting they're also it's like more formal the dinner is more like they set out placemats and like they set like there it's a very formal setting for that mr jim will sometimes like do bananas foster for dessert i'll be like dude this is a a little bit much for your boy i'm good um so i i would almost rather the games not be good so that i don't feel like i need to have the phone out like if it was you know, Bengals bills on Thanksgiving night, then I'd feel inclined to be like, hey, you know, thank you for inviting me over. I need to watch this football game. You're going to have to deal with that. 49ers, Seahawks, like, eh, eh. It's just not, they're not quarterbacks there. Like, that's the, I want to watch quarterbacks. That's where I am. All right, that's what I've got for you. That's what I prepared. Oh, uh, a college basketball star. Bummer for UMBC. Man. Oh, God, that was a bummer. What a bummer that was. I know Louisville stinks. So, like, at the end of the year, it wouldn't be, like, some monumental thing that they beat Louisville. But still, th- these things don't happen all the time. You still don't regularly beat ACC teams when you're a team like UMBC. If you missed it, UMBC nipped by one point at the end. 94-93, they lose to Louisville last night in their season opener. It might have been my fault. I was Oh? So, at the same time, I was texting my friend. I was like, look, Towson's only down by four to Colorado. Yeah. And then Colorado won. I'm like, yeah, they, 20, they, 30, that, 22. That did not end up being a particularly close game. And at the same time, I was like, UMBC's beating Louisville. Yeah. And just w- within a matter of minutes, both things evaporated quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. 
Uh, James like, Madison beat Michigan State, which was wild. That was kind of a crazy way to start the season. And the LSU women, defending national mm-hmm. champions, lost to Colorado as well. So uh, Towson basketball's in good company. Towson and the LSU women right there, both <laughs> starting their season the exact same way. As uh, Yeah, that was kind of a stunner out in Las Vegas that LSU dropped their opener. On what is otherwise a very mild first week of college basketball season, there's just not a lot of these big marquee events. Like the the thing, the big ESPN thing is next Tuesday night. I don't know why it wouldn't be tonight. Start a college basketball season? No. Next Tuesday night is that event. Although Michigan State's part of that, and so all the <laughs> I think it's Michigan State Duke. Like, hey, you know Michigan State will be fine in in. In Mar- this is the problem. Somehow they got to convince their pr- that the season starts in March. Like, guys, it's March. Play like we're going to play in March today. They just can't do that. They always start the season um, in a very difficult manner, and they lose to James Madison last night in the season opener. I think that was about all that stood out from uh, the college basketball opening night. Princeton beat Rutgers. That was yeah, nice. And why do you care? Because I bet on Princeton. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. I have nothing else to say about that whatsoever. All right. Uh, today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. We had to do this a little bit earlier because of her schedule, but an opportunity to catch up with CBS's Tracy Wolfson right here on GCR. Well, it was great, uh, not only the Ravens' performance on Sunday, but the A-level broadcast that we got to enjoy of the game. The top crew from CBS was in town, and it's a pleasure now here on GCR to welcome back uh, to the program one of our friends. She was working the sidelines here in Baltimore on Sunday. She is the great Tracy Wolfson, and she's back with us now here on the program. Tracy, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's always great to catch up with you. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, Tracy, I was talking about this with our friend Sherry Burris yesterday, and I talked about it, I remember, with Tom Rinaldi a couple weeks ago. As an interviewer, do, do you get at all frustrated? Like, the Ravens are so hell-bent on no-selling all of their success right now that, like, all of these players are just like, nope, it's just one game. We're not, like, nobody's willing to, like, really enjoy it and celebrate these big wins they're getting. Totally in focus mode, but I think that's probably what makes them so good. But yeah, of course, whenever you're trying to, you know, do an interview post game, you, you want to get whatever you possibly can out of them. But, uh, you know, you know the personalities, you know what you're getting into, you expect it. And um, this is just how they run. They kind of fly under the radar. And certainly I feel like they've done that the first, you know, bunch of weeks of the season. And then I think after the performance they had this week, I think they've certainly got everyone's attention i guess that's the part that like we're struggling with tracy is like i i I don't know i think we're almost allergic it's it's sort of like talking about a no hitter right you're not supposed to talk about how well a team is performing you're supposed to complain about things you're supposed to i i I feel like we're struggling to accept the fact that it's it's possible the ravens might be the best most complete team in the nfl at the moment I don't know. I've been listening to talk radio all morning and I can tell you that everyone's talking about it. So I think it's just a matter of the Ravens trying to, you know, like just fend off the noise and and try and avoid it because of course, I mean, that does you nothing, right? You still got to focus on the next game and the next and the schedule ahead, which is certainly not easy. So, um, 
there's no reason to embrace it right now, right? I think you're just trying to get better week by week. I'm sure they'll come out of that game and have some, you know, the fumbles. Of course, Harbaugh told me at halftime yep. how they dominated that first half. You know, he had to mention the fumbles, yep. right? So yep. uh, they'll walk away from that game, know what they need to clean up. and But they really feel, like from talking to them over the weekend, they really feel that, you know, they've got what it takes right now. Certainly health is always an issue and has been for the Ravens in the past, but they've got an absolutely nasty defense. Lamar is playing at an MVP-like level, and they're able to move the ball, and they're doing it on both sides. So um, there's no reason not to think that this team, you know, could be successful down the stretch and, and have a chance at a Super Bowl. Tracy, I don't know, you know, if you can get this type of, like, the feel for whether a team, what you just brought up with, like, the business-like way that they're handling it. And I get that there are teams that have good camaraderie, and they, but yet they're just not good enough, right? But like there is, there feels like there is something different. This feels like it's kind of a special group. Did you come away from a trip to Baltimore thinking like, oh, on the field, off the field, this is a team that if they can keep this going, genuinely has an opportunity to make a Super Bowl run? Yeah, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because I do feel that way a lot when I'm standing on the sidelines, and I can tell when the team has it. And, you know, it might not work in their favor in the end because of situations or injuries for that matter, but you know that they have it because it works on both sides of the ball. The Kansas City Chiefs, obviously, I basically live there, right? I do almost (laughs) all of their games. I've seen all their runs, and I know when they have it. You know, it's very obvious to me. Um, so, yes, yeah, standing back there, watching this team from the sidelines, talking to them this week, talking to Harbaugh, talking to Lamar and these players, you feel as though they feel like there's something special. And you watch them from the sideline, you know, on Sunday, and you can tell the, the joy, and certainly it's always joy when you're winning, right, and you're dominating and you're having that performance. But what I love about this team is they're kind of stacked from top to bottom, but they're almost like not, I don't want to say no names, but faceless, nameless. Like, there's not just one star. They're all stars. They all work together. They all, especially on the defensive side of the ball, you can go through every position. Yep. And every one of those guys is stepping up in a way. And so, and same offensively, you don't know what, it, you know, all of a sudden, Keith Mitchell is, is the hero, you know. <laughs> You're certainly not what you expected. So, um, that's what I, I see so far from this Ravens team, no doubt. She is Tracy Wolfson from CBS. Of course, she was in Baltimore on Sunday for the Bit Ravens' big win over the Seahawks. Tracy, I, I feel like it's an interesting, uniquely these Ravens are going to be measured, and particularly because of Lamar, that one of the things that we find ourselves saying is, hey, this is great. But Lamar, typically, when he's been on the field, the Ravens have won games, and they've been very good. Maybe they haven't won all of them by 30 points over good teams. But, you know, in his history, when he's been healthy and been on the field, the Ravens have typically won football games. Do the Ravens face a greater... I I remember Peyton Manning feeling this a little bit early on in his career, but is there a greater burden of proof for them when it comes to the playoffs, right? Because they just haven't done it there. And that uniquely, they still have to, as good as this is, they still have to prove that simply because, you know, the the quarterback for everything is accomplished hasn't done that before. Yeah, I mean, I think they have to prove they can sustain it for a whole season um, and, and throughout the playoffs. We've seen the story before. 
And look, look around the league, look at the AFC. It's not going to be easy, certainly. And we always come back to the health of Lamar down the stretch of the season. There was a little bit of a scare with when he started hobbling during one of those drives. And you're like, oh, no, right? But, you know, he came out just fine. And I think, you know, this is what it is when you think about the Ravens until they get back to the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, they're going to have – they have a tough schedule ahead. We see the AFC North, every one of those teams right now are in the playoffs. And there's, you know, other teams that have, you know, been able to go further as you you look at the Cincinnati Bengals being one of them playing tremendous football right now as well. So – yeah, I mean, there's there's still a lot of football left to be played. Um, and you're right. Uh, they need to not only get to the playoffs, last a whole season, get to the playoffs, but produce in the playoffs. I, I, we're, we're totally nitpicking at this point, right? Because they're, they're playing so well. Is there, like, do you come away from saying, like, okay, but this is maybe a, something that would still concern me? I. I, I, I hate even doing this. This is the nature of the job that we have, that we have to attempt to have these conversations. But, like, I almost feel silly when I say it because when you're playing so well, what what you pointed out about defense, I would say it all over. I don't know that there's a position group on this roster that you would say you don't feel at least good about when it comes to the Ravens right now. I, I would agree. I would agree from top to bottom. I think that's why everyone watched that game and domination, expecting, by the way, a really good game with a good Seattle team. And you walk away from that and you're like, wait a second, they are from top to bottom, like you said, they are clicking on all cylinders and you feel comfortable with every player at every position. I want to select, you know, let's point out Geno Stone, who stepped into a role because Marcus Williams is out and he leads the league in interceptions. And you're like, wait, who is Geno Stone? Yeah. Right? he, the guy is producing each week, by the way, my new favorite player. I, I talked to him pregame, and then he came up to me on the sideline thanking me for interviewing oh, him. Oh, that's pre-game. cool. I mean, oh, that's how cool. often is that, right? That's so, cool. I, mean, I will say you're right. From top to bottom, you do not see, you know, any issues with this team. It, it Again, and we've been saying it over and over, it comes with the health of Lamar and how he plays. And Harbaugh will tell you that right out off the bat and that's what he told us going into the game if Lamar plays well we will win this game that's how they 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 truly believe and he did and he consistently has throughout this game this season so far and so I think it comes down to that and and of course it comes down to protecting the football because they got lucky with those two fumbles that it didn't really result in much sure sure but you know, you can't do that against better teams. No, that, I think that's the one thing you keep pointing out and saying it's been a little bit too much of it as the season goes on, and particularly with um, Lamar and Justice Hill, and they're going to have to clean that up entirely. Who, who else is in that group, like Tracy, right now for you? And, you? and you obviously, as you point out, you see the Chiefs plenty. You see the top teams in the AFC. I know you're seeing a little bit more of the NFC in recent years. But but who is in that group of teams that you feel like have separated themselves as like viable I could absolutely see this team winning a Super Bowl types of teams. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I you can never really bet against the Chiefs. Of course not. They are who they are, yep. and then they've done what they've done. And, and now they have a defense that is actually, you know, where it is, you know, where Steve Spagnuolo wanted this defense to be. And it's, they're winning with their defense, which is, you know, not what we always expect from Patrick Mahomes and, and the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, put them aside, right? I did the Cincinnati game last week and I walked away from that and I'm like, they're back. 
they remind me of that team that got to the Super Bowl. And especially, again, it comes down to defense. And so, you know, I definitely put them up there. You know, Miami hasn't been able to win the big game. They've played, you know, three tough teams, and they've lost all three of those games. So until they, you know, are able to do that or go on the road and win a game, um, that's, you know, that's a big one and an important one. Um, I can't put them in there yet, but I do think they're extremely explosive and talented, especially on the offensive side of the ball, and I've been able to see them in person. And then I definitely would put the Ravens in there. So that, that is pro- those are probably my four in the AFC. I haven't had a chance to really see the Jaguars enough. I think they're sneaky. Hmm. Um, you know, they can slide right in there, really depending, and they're certainly in a division that they can win. Um, so that's that's kind of where I am in terms of you know the teams I've seen so far this season I've, in the AFC. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I'm starting to wonder if there might actually be like more Texans assignments coming up for you in the future, considering <laughs> how exciting. My God, that 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 young man is exciting to watch. Like, oh, oh my God, he is like something. Michigan fan, you know. So oh, that is true. That's got to be difficult. <laughs> oh, mm. maybe we shouldn't bring up Michigan right now. Maybe we should move right past that at the moment. I don't know how you. I don't know how you. Ha- I guess that's the good news about not having to cover it, right? Is that like, you can just approach it as a fan when it comes to a story like that right now, Trey. Just blinders. You just yeah. keep your blinders on. Just focus on one game at a time. Way nicer when that's the case. Um, uh, did I see you're headed out to LA next week? I am, yeah. We uh, we just got the assignment. It was a quick one. We thought maybe we'd be in, in Pittsburgh for that game, and uh, but now we're headed out to L.A. for the Chargers and the Lions. Haven't had a chance to see the Lions this season, so that'll be fun. Um, and we did see the Chargers a few weeks back. So another West Coast trip for us, but I will take some warm weather. Hey, you know what? It was Boy, we, we got spoiled here in Baltimore. We're normally used to it being about 20 degrees around uh, now, and no, so we were— I was, I, yeah, it was a blessing for y'all to get this one this week. At uh, Tracy Wolfson, of course, is how you follow her on Twitter. Tracy, is there anything else we can plug for you? No, you're awesome. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, guys. Tracy, thank you as always taking the time for us. We really enjoy it. Okay, thanks. Talk to you. That's, that's Tracy Wolfson. Hey, Tracy, you still there? Nope, 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 nope. Boy, we did not do that well. Apologies. Send that to me so I can cut it and make sure that uh, I fix it. Boy. All right. Apologies. But, yes, it is uh, Tracy Wilson here on Glenn Clark Radio. Appreciate her taking the time for us today. When we come back in, we will find out what's going on in the world of local high school sports as it'll be time for County Sports Zone Radio into the playoffs in football. Big games coming up this week. We'll talk about it with our guy Wes Brown. Today's show brought to you by Superbook Sports. I was looking at some of the numbers at Superbook. So, of course, college basketball season is indeed underway. And tonight, Maryland, 21-point favorites against Mount St. Mary's. I heard my guy Jeremy Kahn say he would be on the Mount tonight, would be on the Mountaineers this evening. So if you like betting with Jeremy, which you shouldn't have done in our pick segment this past weekend, but if you like betting with Jeremy, then maybe uh, maybe you Put a few shekels on Mount St. Mary's. The good news is, even if he's wrong, if you use the code Clark 23 when you sign up at Superbook.com or download the Superbook app, then you will receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match. So even if you're wrong, even if Maryland wins by 50 tonight and you bet Mount St. Mary's, 
you'll get up to $250 in free bets right back to you based on how much you put in on that first bet. So I would go ahead and use that code, GlennClark23. Tonight, sign up, Superbook.com or the Superbook app. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors, Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Henneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles, and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball programs around the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steamed crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. 
Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at Baltimore.org slash hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Tuesday edition of the program. Hey, give me a second here uh, before we get into a County Sports Zone radio because uh, we, I, I have loosely announced it, but I want to make it a little bit more formal. This Sunday, I'm going to be hanging out at Towson University for the Ravens game. And Femi Ayan Badeja is going to join me at some point during the game. And then we're going to do our portion of Project Game Day live from Towson University. And the reason why we're going to be there is because it's a very special day. Of course, this Saturday technically is Veterans Day. But on Sunday, Towson University is hosting a Veterans Day celebration and resource fair. Family-friendly event. It's going to honor and celebrate local vets and provide information on resources available to vets throughout Baltimore County. It's presented by Towson University's Military and Veterans Center and the Baltimore County Commission on Veterans Affairs. There's going to be uh, great vendors, free food, benefits, um, information sessions during, during the morning on Sunday, live music, DJ There'll be opportunities for you to um, get connected with other veterans in the community. It's just going to be a great, fun, family-friendly event on Sunday. And part of it is you want to invite everybody to hang out, watch the game, and then stick around after the game as Femi and I will be doing the uh, post-game show from right there at Towson University. So all of that, it starts at 10 a.m. on Sunday in the uh, Student Union at Towson University, <clears throat> the University Union, I believe they call it. We would love to see you there. It's very neat and special for us that we get to be a part of this thing and lift up and honor our veterans in the process. Uh, you can meet a Super Bowl champion in Femi Ayan Badejo. Even if you just if you can't come by until the game's over, come by when the game's over. We'll be hanging out there then. But it's a free event. You can find out more um, I, I shared a link on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. If you just scroll down a little bit, there's a link there uh, with a QR code, and you can scan that and find out more about the event. Encourage you to um, come out and join us this Sunday as we celebrate our area veterans and we try to uh, help them out. As It's a topic that we don't like talking about, but I think everybody is aware that there is a particularly high suicide rate amongst our vets. And we want to do everything we can to try to help out veterans with connections, opportunities, anything that we can to improve their lives and help them out. So we'll be there on Sunday as part of this Veterans Day celebration and resource fair at Towson University. And we'll be talking more about it throughout the course of the week for our uh, very special version of Project Game Day, as Femi and I. And I, uh, Ken Zalis told me he will be there as well on Sunday, so I like that a great deal. All right. Uh, let me know when we're good. All right. Give me the old thumbs up when we're good. Okay. Yeah, we are. Look at that. There's the thumbs up. 
It's that time of the week. It's time for us to find out what's going on in the world of high school sports. It's time for County Sports Zone Radio. Joining us now from County Sports Zone, he is our friend Wes Brown. Wes, good morning, pal. How are you? Good. How are you? Everything is good, man. I know we got into playoff action this past weekend at the public school level in football. Not necessarily a ton of upsets, but run me through the things that stood out from the first weekend. Yeah, so uh, Oakland Mills out in Howard County uh, started the season, you know, on, on the wrong foot there, but, you know, came alive beating some teams down the stretch and actually knocked off River Hill, uh, the, the number three seed there, 29 to six. I feel like you're, I feel like you're underselling it when you say they got off to it. They really went out. They got off to an 0 and six start to the season and still made the playoffs. Yes. Yeah, it it, it it was a really tough start to the, the Howard County season there for the Scorpions. Wow. Wow. I don't I mean, this is kind of like I, I guess so we don't really see this much at any level of football. But my God, to go from 0 and 6 to cruising in the first round of the playoffs, that's kind of a wild turnaround. Yeah, for sure. What else stood out to you? Uh, Manchester Valley, uh, lost to, um, Westminster early in the season, but managed to, to beat Westminster, who is the three seed in the, the 3A West region. Um, again, not, not too many upsets, but a, a couple battles there that, that kind of stood out. Uh, our, our friend uh, fighting Griffin Basses yeah, of Manchester I mean, Valley. Hey, yeah. That's just what happens, man. Yeah. That's when, when you, yeah. when. Yeah, that's just what happens. You go what does that even den. mean? That's just what you happens. go into the den and, uh, and the Mavericks, the uh, they, they, they show you what they show you how it's done. Right. Okay. All right, guy. So let's. I, I'm going to go a little out of order of what you planned. So that's week one. Now we move into week two. I assume there's some bigger matchups maybe uh, that are setting up for this week. Definitely, yeah. In, in in most regions, it's almost entirely the first through four seeds, other than a couple, you know, fives beating fours and those, those six beating threes. Um, but not not too many, you know, lopsided matchups. So hopefully this week we have a, a lot more. Plus we have all the the one seeds that'll be in action that, that were on buys this past week. So you want to anything that you want to highlight as far as big games are concerned this week? Um, yeah, so kind of like we mentioned last week, uh, Dundalk cruised to a, a win in, in their first yeah, match. Yeah, I already, I already heard from our friend John in Little Rock. He was waiting to find out if you were going to bring this up, and I, I'm very glad because he's very excited about this, his Dundalk Owls. Yeah, it, 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 it'll be a tough matchup, but they, they face Broadneck here in, in round two. So, you know, Broadneck's a team that that's usually the, the, the one or the two seed. So it, it'll be kind of tough this week, but they, they have an opportunity to to win that, potentially advance to a, a region final. Uh, let me just ask again. I'm, I'm, I'm going off script a little bit. I I know that in some years it has felt like the playoffs were almost like, hey, we're going to do this, but it's just an exercise because everyone knows at certain levels – who the best teams are. Is there any of that going on this year? We're like, hey, this is fun and we're doing this, but when we get to it, there's not really going to be any debate about who's going to win at, say, the three level, something like that. Yeah, I mean, usually kind of in, in, into the region finals, you kind of get that. You know, you kind of expect Quinn's Orchard to get through there. Sure. Uh, you know, in in, in the, the Flowers-wise region, you know, you, you know that's most likely going to be the, the region final. Um, so there, there, there is a little bit of parity in, in some of the, the other regions, but there definitely are some of those, those regions where you, you know who should win. All right. Uh, you, uh, we asked for an athlete of the week, and I happen to know that this week's athlete of the week comes to us from the uh, high school football playoffs and uh, some video game numbers that were put up by a Linganore running back. Yeah, Ethan Arneson here ran for 219 yards and four touchdowns and a 63-6 win over Rockville. Um, uncommitted senior, but he's the, the Lancers' all-time leading scorer, and he's, he's only 60 yards away from the, the Frederick County rushing record. 
Um, and he's also climbing up the the state record charts, uh, ninth all time, and he's actually could be pushing Jake Funk this week um, for for six all time. Maryland and Damascus legend Jake Funk, who I once saw score seven touchdowns in a state title game. That Jake Funk, wow, that's uh, that is an impressive number. Uh, uh, Linganore, I thought they only produced offensive linemen out there. I didn't realize they also produced skills position players. Every time I would see Linganore, it would somehow be like. Wow, all your your linemen are all 315 pounds, and all of ours are 200 pounds. That's weird. Very weird how it works out there. Wes Brown with us for County Sports Zone Radio. Wes, I know it's not just the um, the football playoffs that have been going on. Get us caught up on uh, what's going on elsewhere in fall sports. Yeah, so we got field hockey state semifinals tomorrow and Thursday, and their state championships are actually Friday, uh, Saturday at, at Paint Branch. Um, really interesting that they're, they're moving it to, you know, pain branch instead of having it at, I think it was at Washington college last year. So a little bit more accessible, um, here, here in the middle of the state. And then we also have the soccer state semifinals coming up Friday, Saturday, along with the round twos for volleyball and, and football this week. And then also cross country championships are Saturday at Hereford. And all of that, uh, all the brackets and everything can be found at, uh, at, at county Correct. Yep. I happened to see that it was MIAA. Uh, I, that was a lot of people in my life were out at the MIAA soccer championships this past weekend uh, as Loyola Blakefield won the A crown, uh, beating John Carroll there. And I believe it was St. Paul's who won the B crown. And um, uh, a high drama in the C conference between Beth Tefillo and Friends, as if I remember right, that went to a shootout before uh, Friends ultimately came away with that, the fight in Ken Zalises. So. Uh, I know that was a big day out at the uh, Under Armour Complex for the MIA Championships this past weekend. So where are we with uh, like the MIAA football? Where where are we with that as far as the playoffs are concerned? Yeah, the the, the regular season's wrapping up here, um, and, and the playoffs should be coming soon. Kind of kind of similar to the MPSSAA, the, those first round kind yeah. of matchups. Um, might, might not be as exciting, but we'll, we'll definitely have more on the the championships and whatnot. Excellent. Anything else that we should know about this week, Wes? I think we're good for this week, but but next week we'll we'll have some new state champions to talk about. Excellent. Uh, remind everybody what they can find at County Sports Zone and where they can find you and CSZ on social media. Yeah, so at CSZ Scores on Twitter, I'm W underscore Brown twenty one on Twitter, and you can go to County Sports Zone for all the scores, schedules, brackets, um, pretty much anything involving high school sports in the state of Maryland. Excellent, Wes Brown. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk again next week. All right. All right. Sounds good. It's Wes Brown from County Sports Zone with us here on GCR. Yeah, the uh, um, I, I don't. It's amazing. The MIA is amazing because I like I had so many people in my life like I can't believe they're doing this on Sunday. The Ravens play on Sunday, and yet they had a massive. Of course, they had a huge crowd. Like they they had no problem getting everybody to come out to watch the soccer championships on Sunday at Under Armour because that's what they do. That's just the way that it works, and. Um, Congratulations, Blakefield! Obviously, winning the A conference title. I don't. I don't care. I don't care. I don't. I gotta tell you, I got a real problem in my life. My my children, because they go to a private school. Uh, they think like they're now. I, I think I've talked about this before on the show. I, I cannot afford any of this. But my younger son, they would have gone to Jacksonville Elementary. My younger son would have been doing kindergarten the year of the pandemic. So he would have been doing kindergarten on the computer. And Mrs. Clark 
was not thrilled with the idea of him doing kindergarten on a computer. So she like, you know, got it like, really? You're gonna have him uh you're gonna have him do and I'm like, all right, fine. Fine. By the way, friends friends won one nil. I don't know why I thought it went to a shootout. Uh friends won one nil. Uh congratulations still congratulations yeah. to the fighting Ken Zalises. So you know what it really is? I went to double check on the website, and the website had it listed as a nil-nil final. So I was like, gotcha. oh, they must have won in a shootout. They, the website somehow was wrong. It's not their website, the M- the MIAA gotcha. uh, soccer championship website. Can't sports would never. No, they would never. I went to the wrong resource for this. That's on me. I should have gone. I should have known myself. I just wanted to double check before I said it out loud and screwed it up in the process. Anyway, the moral of the story is, so I said, fine, we'll figure it out. We got a nice uh, scholarship in order to send him to um, the private school. And then she, after that, she was like, what, you're going to pull him out of private school? After the first year, she was like, you're going to pull him out? He's got friends, and you're going to pull him out? And I was like, oh. fine. You know, like she guilted me into it. And then the second one was getting ready for kindergarten, and she's like, oh, and what are you going to do? Have him go to different schools? So now they're both in the private school, which is fine. It's lovely. I enjoy it. They're nice people, the whole thing. But now they're around all these other kids whose parents can't afford these things, unlike us. <laughs> and they're like, oh, my friends are all going to Loyola. I want to go to Loyola. And I just want to say, like, well, do you have $100,000 lying around? Because <laughs> if you do, by all means, go tomorrow. I mean, yeah, you should just tell them that. Go. You go <laughs> right ahead. If you don't, I don't know what we're doing here, guy. Somebody's got to foot that bill, and it sure as hell ain't going to be dad. Daddy does not have, unless they need a play-by-play guy. (laughs) Unless they want to, you know, trade. I can peddle my wares. I don't think that's going to be happening for you, pal. I'm so sorry. Unlike Drew, who was like, I'll just go be the golf coach. Like, oh, okay. (laughs) Trade it off that way. You could probably coach golf, too. Yeah. What else? Like, really? Like, what? Yeah. I could could totally. If Drew can do it. handle that. Offer to go be the tennis coach. Yeah, yeah hit the yeah, hit the ball. Go. That's the problem. Is like I I've actually been asked about coaching tennis at other schools, and I'm like I know that I like tennis, and I know that I was a pretty good tennis player, but like I've never done this before. I've never coached toddlers. That's probably the other. That's the thing, though. Nobody else has. I, that's not true. There's lots of tennis coaches in the world. Tons of them. In this. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, they're private right. coaches. I mean, they're people that have actually coached. So why are they in some way? I don't know, Griffin. I don't. I I guess because people associate me with tennis, so they just kind of assume. I have been asked about coaching tennis. I have declined. At some point, I I wanted to say like maybe I should just go be a volunteer for a little while, like see if you like it. Watch how someone else's coaches tennis, and then say, okay, I can do that. But that has not been the case. All right, when we come back in, uh, we will preview Maryland basketball season, which gets underway tonight. Our guy Patrick Stevens, Mr. Discourse himself, will check in with us. Uh, later on today, Stan the Fan, Charles Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson. Uh, I might have to start telling you that's a Tuesday show and not a Monday show anymore. I don't know what's going on, but uh, they're going to be doing that later on today as they rescheduled it again for this week to Tuesday. So make sure you join them. 5.30 p.m. They'll talk about the awards finalists. Both Brandon Hyde and Gunnar Henderson, finalists for Manager of the Year and Rookie of the Year, respectively. There's this internet hubbub that perhaps they've already given away who the winners are. It's a very weird bit. I don't know what to make of it. 
But uh, they'll be talking about that coming up later on this afternoon. Stan, Ross, and Luke. Facebook.com slash Sports. Patrick Stevens next, Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 17th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and AJ Michaels. And if you or a loved one have a gambling problem, visit HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Costas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steamed crab orders. The Orioles brought us a summer we'll never forget in 2023, securing their first division title in nine years. And while the playoffs ended quicker than we had hoped in Birdland, the future is brighter than ever. I'm Paul Valley, and along with Zach Goodman, we'll be with you on the bat around all offseason, warming our hands by the hot stove. From the GM meetings to the winter meetings to the start of spring training, the bat around has you covered for every trade, signing, and transaction as the Orioles look to revamp and regroup for another postseason run. You can watch the show every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports, or you can listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. So tune into the Bat Around every Saturday right here at PressBox. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events 
to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Tuesday edition of the program. Coming up later on this hour, we will preview Waiver Wire Wednesday with our guy Joe Serpico as we will talk about how much it is that you should be throwing towards Putting Keaton Mitchell on your team if he happens to be available. We will do that a little bit later on this hour. If you haven't picked up the new print issue of PressBox, it is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. You can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Todd Karpovich has the cover story about uh, the group of position players that stuck around from the Dan Duquette regime into this uh, turnaround for the Baltimore Orioles. Hayes, Mullins, Mountcastle, Santander. Also inside, uh, some Brooks Robinson reflections, including an emotional one from Jim Henneman. And we also preview a little bit of college basketball as Luke Jackson spoke to players from around the state, all of the D1 programs, men's and women's. All of that inside this print issue of PressBox, available for free right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. You can read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. And speaking of college basketball, he'll be joining us every Tuesday throughout the season. He is our friend, Mr. Patrick Stevens, Washington Post, at Discourse. I don't even know what else we're plugging for him anymore. Blue Ribbon, obviously, and he's back with us here on GCR. Good, mo- good morning, sir. How are you? Uh, I am well, Glenn. How are you? Happy and, college basketball season. And to you as well. Uh, I know, I, look, I, we all know Louisville stinks, but... It still would have been really cool for UMBC to have finished that off. I know that was probably the the headline of night one on the local front is, I mean, like within centimeters of pulling off the upset of Louisville last night. Yes. I I think if you're sitting there lining up everybody locally as to, you know, who comes out of it feeling best about themselves, even though though UMBC loses 94-93, they're they're the ones that probably feel as good as anybody, despite the fact that they – had had Louisville dead to rights there for a little bit. I think that was what a twelve point game at one point yeah. thirteen. They were up third. They were up thirteen late in the first half. Uh, you know, you, you look at, at at what they were able to do. Deion Brown had twenty eight points on the road against a, a, an ACC team, at least in name anyway. And, and Bryce Johnson, the Chicago, Chicago transfer, state transfer, had twenty one. Uh, you shoot fifty one percent, like. You're probably sitting there, if you're UMBC, thinking, you know, you shot 51%. You only had 11 turnovers. You made 11 of 21 from three. Uh, well, how did you not win this game? Uh, and the way you didn't win this game is because they, is that Louisville does have some size and some athleticism. Even, even a bad ACC team usually has that. So, uh, nonetheless, UMBC has to feel decent about having thrown this largely new team together uh, and nearly picked off Louisville in, in, in one of those you know, kind of headline games, you know, attention-grabbing games of the night. Uh, if we're sitting here trying to figure out who, who feels second best about themselves locally, uh, I'm going to say it's Loyola. Okay. Uh, even with a 20-point loss at, at, at Florida, 93-73, that's better than maybe the kind of game you might have seen a year or two ago where it's more like, you know, 73-53 uh, or something like that in that kind of game. Uh, you know, Florida kind of put it away quick in the second half. 
but overall, you know, I, I thought that was probably about the sort of outcome you could have expected there. And, you know, D'Angelo Steins played pretty well. He had 13 points. Tyson Commander had 15. Uh, that's probably not, given his size, a Deion Perry kind of game. And uh, overall, though, Florida, a pretty good team. And, and Loyola has, has some work defensively in front of it. Uh, but that's not a dreadful uh, result, all things considered. So before we get to Maryland, the uh, big story in the national front, of course, last night, Michigan State loses to James Madison at home in overtime. And, like, it's it's equal parts shocking, but at the same time somebody might joke, well, it's Michigan State in November. How can we be shocked by any result that they have at that point? Um, is What do we make of a Michigan State team that we thought was going to be more legitimate and ready to go from the beginning of the season, suffering that type of setback? Well, first of all, if you're only going to have one guy play well, maybe two. If we want to, if, do we want to give them credit for Cullen Carr playing well? I think we should. But, you know, you're, they're not going to beat anybody with a, with a decent pulse on them if only Tyson Walker and a backup big play well. And that's what happened. You know, A.J. Hoggard had nine points on two of 11 shooting. That isn't going to get it done. And, and, and truthfully, let's, let's be honest about the work that Mark Byington's done down in Harrisonburg. Like James Madison's a pretty good team. Uh, and so T.J. Bickerstaff, who had been at Drexel previously in Boston College, had 21-14 and 14 in his debut for the Dukes. I mean, that's, that's a guy that does have uh, high major experience. Terrence Edwards Jr. is a really good player, and he had 24. Uh, but, yeah, I think, I think first of all, probably uh, pushed Michigan State. A, they're the sort of team that probably got a little bit of a bump um, because, oh, look, they won a couple games in the NCAA tournament last year, which people are often guilty of. I know I thought that the backcourt with Walker and Hoggard was reason enough to think that they would be a little more consistent this year. Mm. Uh, this is kind of a mix between both them not being all that great uh, last night and James Madison playing pretty well. But, hey, it's a, it's a chance to point out that the Big Ten really isn't all that good prior to March. So we, we, have, we have that now that we can look at. So um, no, it's not as if Michigan State got run off the floor. We've seen, we've seen worse opening night performances from high-end teams in the past. That's fair. Uh, but certainly, certainly a great moment for James Madison there. Uh, anything on the national front that stands out this week? I know the big event is next Tuesday night, the, uh, the Michigan State Duke, Kansas, Kentucky. Anything on the national front? that stands out for this first week? Well, how about Arizona going to Duke on Friday? Oh, right. Um, oh, I did a, forget that, about that. Yeah. A, that's, a, that's a pretty good game, and we just saw Arizona drop 122 yeah, on Morgan, Morgan State last night. Uh, you want to talk about a game where, where just about nothing went right for, for a team. Uh, that would be what Morgan State ran into last night uh, with, with Arizona making 12 three-pointers, Arizona forcing 25 turnovers and getting 41 points off of them. Uh, so, so that's that to me is one of the highlights nationally this week. There, there's not a ton of great games this opening week, and we really don't get into too many of those early season tournaments until next week. There's the one that Maryland's in down in Asheville uh, with Clemson and UAB and Davidson, but uh, not necessarily the, the greatest launch to the college basketball season. Uh, you know, there's certainly plenty of complaining about that yesterday as you looked at the number of non-division ones that were playing D1 teams and what have you, uh, and really not too many marquee games last night. Uh, I will point out um, one other thing I thought was really fascinating, and I thought, you know, it's not necessarily a team that's local, but a guy uh, that has some local ties. Uh, you look at uh, 
You look at what Pitt did last night. The kid Carlton Carrington out of the St. Francis Academy mm. had a triple-double in his first career game. Seems good. Uh, as, as, as they blasted North Carolina A&T last night. Uh, so that was that was one that stood out where it was oh well <laughs> you're gonna, not only are you going to play a lot which was already pretty clear but to go ahead and put up uh, put up 18 points 12 rebounds 10 assists that that sets a pretty high standard moving forward. All right, Patrick Stevens is with us here on GCR tonight. The season gets underway for Maryland, who we didn't have as part of our preview last week. So let's spend some time. Uh, Patrick, you more than anyone else, probably in very good position to talk about what realistic expectations are. I don't think there's anybody in this business that's better than you when it comes to setting realistic expectations. So obviously there's there's things to like. It's a program that probably surpassed realistic expectations in the first year a year ago with Kevin Willard. Um, they add in some nice pieces. They bring back that getting Jameer Young back was massive for this program and some you know, nice pieces in the front court, although it doesn't look like there's a lot of depth there, and that was certainly a problem a year ago. Mm-hmm. What What is the reasonable way of looking at what this team can accomplish this season? I think it can be a top-four team in the conference, and I think it can be a team that is wearing a home jersey in the NCAA tournament. I think it's a borderline top-25 team. Uh, I think one of the things that, if you're a Maryland fan, you would like to see progress on is – being a better road team uh, after last season, going one and nine in the league on the road, winning at Minnesota, who wasn't any good at all. They won at Louisville in non-conference play, who, who was even worse. Um, so I think those are the things that you look at. That, that Maybe there isn't quite as much depth to this team, but it's also not unthinkable that you get to the end of the season and you're sizing up the Big Ten and you've got Jameer Young, and you've got Julian Reese, and you've got Dante Scott, who really does feel like he's been in College Park forever. I mean, right. Did his career did his career overlap with Tosh Holden? <laughs> Somebody um, else who it felt like was in College Park yeah, forever right, for for an eternity. Um, and then you know one of the freshmen, whether it's Jamie Kaiser or Deshaun Harris Smith, it wouldn't be shocking if they have four of the best twenty to twenty five players in the league come the end of the season. Uh, and, and so that that would probably constitute progress, particularly if those two freshmen, Kaiser and, and Harris Smith in particular, uh, are able to have really productive seasons. I think that that bodes well, maybe not as well as it once did in college basketball when you actually had reason to believe you could keep a core group together year after year after year. Uh, but I still think that, you know, assuming that they can keep guys at least for a second season, uh, that, that that would be a really good sign for them to be able to have that sort of a, a, a group to work with moving forward. So is there any chance that like either of those freshmen that you brought up is slicing into the offense running through Jameer Young? Or it, this is Jameer Young didn't come back because he wasn't going to be the alpha of this team. No, but there's going to be plenty of room for, for people to score. Yeah. I mean, I, I, don't think, I don't think there's any doubt like, like if, if Jameer Young comes out and he averaged what 15 eight a game last year, so if he's around 17 points a game, you know they're going to want to be averaging 70 plus points. Yep. And so you know there's 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 room for for Deshaun Harris Smith and for Jamie Kaiser Jr. and Julian Reese to all be in double figures as well and all be extremely productive players. And as we were talking about earlier with the with the depth issues, um, you know you start to wonder do they have enough on that bench 
to, to make it so that they can't, they need those guys to be double figure scorers. Um, and so, you know, you look back at last season, it was not exactly the most robust uh, scoring group beyond that top five. I mean, Ian Martinez, who, who transferred to Utah State, was at 5.7 points a game. And the next highest was Patrick Emelian at 2.8. So I think that's a real question for them. Can they, can they establish a seventh or eighth guy? Because at this point, it isn't a matter of whether a Harris Smith or Kaiser is sort of carving into – Young's role, they they need those dudes to play well, right, and all play together. And I would even think that the the, the kid from Baltimore, John Lamoth, they're going to need him to be a part of that as well at some point. We'll see how much any minutes there are for him. The front court depth, I think, is the thing that stands out, right? Julian Reese, the foul trouble was real a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't. Are they in position to withstand it better? Are they going to be forced to try to go small more frequently and put maybe like all of those freshmen on the floor together? How how do they combat? It, it just doesn't seem like the depth is there to make up for it if Juju Reese continues to deal with foul issues. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at a, at a guy like a Jordan Geronimo, you know, the Indiana transfer, yeah. an undersized four type. You've got Dante Scott as a four. You know, does a Swanton Roger take a step forward? Does Braden Pierce, a seven-footer uh, in, that, in that freshman class, is he able to contribute some? Uh, in all likelihood, to me, this, this looks like a team that, that's not going to go terribly huge. I mean, their biggest lineup might just be their starting lineup, assuming it's Dante Scott at the four and Julian Reese at the five. I mean, I, I just I don't see them being a team that has that sort of beefy front line that they're going to trot out there. I'll be curious. I'm really curious to see what they do tonight, uh, just because they have, you know, they had the two scrimmages behind closed doors. I don't know if we have a really great sense as to what they're going to look like. The good thing or the bad thing, depending on your perspective, is that they're going to have a chance to figure that out soon enough. Uh, you know, I don't know if Davidson's necessarily a team that would expose a lot of that, especially since you know you, you think of Davidson, you think of a team that's going to have uh, guys that you know, are able to step out at six eight, six nine, and shoot threes, and then and then it's Clemson on potentially Clemson on Sunday, Clemson or UAB. I think yeah. might have a better shot at, at, at sizing up you know what sort of matchups they're going to be able to utilize against that team rather than Davidson. But I, I agree. I, I don't see it as a team that, that has a ton of depth uh, in the front court. But again, if the freshmen develop, you're probably going to take the approach of let's just, you know, you know, it's probably best to have your five best players out there or five of your six best players out there at a given time. It, it would not be surprising uh, if it's a team that, that does not have a terribly deep, extensive rotation, especially early on. You mentioned the event down in Asheville this weekend. I know there's uh, there's trips to Villanova, UCLA. A- anything else in the non-conference like th- that we should look at and say, hey, that one might be slightly more interesting than perhaps you realize it is when you're just perusing the schedule? Well, I think Riders are a really good team out of the Metro Atlantic, and, and they should be one of the best teams in that conference. Uh, I'll offer another one up to you, a team that has, has played really well, has been to the NIT the last couple of years, uh, is Alcorn State. Okay. Uh, and, and, they have, and they have a fair bit back. That's a game on December 12th. It's you know, after the two conference games. It's before finals. Uh, and, and I think they've, they've got a little bit of feistiness to them. So uh, I think that's one to maybe keep an eye on as a, well, you know, maybe that's a team that could cause a little bit of problems. I mean, it, like 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 any anybody else in a in a one bid conference, 
you're probably not looking at a team with a, with boatload of size or or anything along those lines. You know, if you'd asked me prior to last night, uh, I would have said South Alabama was the team to keep an eye on, but they went out and lost to a non-division one team, um, lost to Mobile, eighty-three seventy-four. So maybe not a not a year to be as quite as high on the Jaguars. Uh, who come to College Park two days after Thanksgiving. Anything else that you feel like people should be aware of before Maryland basketball season gets underway? I I think there's still a lot to learn, and I think that's what we're going to start to figure out tonight. All right. I think that's a very fair way of looking at it, and now it's time for us to play our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams that this particular player has played for? And I begin, Patrick, with one that I, I was, to me, at first, when I put the list together, I thought this was too random, we'd never get to it. But then I actually looked at it again, and I realized I knew four of the five teams myself, so I think there's almost no chance you won't do at least that well. Only an all-star once in his career, but five teams for former pitcher Steve Traxel. Steve Traxel, huh? Well, Steve Traxel was definitely a Cub. Of course, and I believe he was a Met. So you've knocked out the bulk of his career. And I believe he was an Oriole, Most right? certainly like was. And, in fact, made two stops with the Orioles. In 07, <laughs> was dealt to the Cubs and then came back for 08. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so two other, two other spots for Steve he Traxel. split I, I the think... 2000 season between these two teams. I don't know why I remember one of them, but I have absolute memories of one of them. Absolute memories of Steve Traxel being with one of these two teams in 2000. Um, huh. Um, I was thinking maybe Cleveland? Not Cleveland, no. Not Cleveland? Okay, not Cleveland. Um, and was he in Atlanta? Not in Atlanta. So the reason why I remember, they're actually both AL East teams, but I only remember one of them. Was he in so Toronto and it, Tampa? And Tampa, was it? yes. Toronto and Tampa okay. were the two that he split. And I remember Tampa for some reason. I don't know why I remember that he was in Tampa, but I remembered that for some reason. All right. Uh, so a four team one will go a little bit more modern. Give me the four teams for three time All Star Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray has been with Oakland. Yes. New York, the New York Yankees, yep. Cincinnati, and Minnesota. There you go. All right. What is the schedule for you this week, my friends? It will be in College Park tonight, and then Towson and Coppin State for Larry Stewart's home opener uh, on uh, Thursday. The Coppin State was a uh, had, had its had its struggles, 155 loss down at Virginia Tech. Meanwhile, Towson coming off a loss out at Colorado. They were actually within yeah. four at halftime out there, and then gave up four threes in a row, and that was it. Um, lost 75-57. Uh, so. That's Thursday. The Veterans Classic, hopefully you get the chance to talk to Ed DeCellis yep. about that. Yep. Navy has Navy has Temple in that one, and College Charleston faces Duquesne. That's Friday. Uh, Saturday will be down in D.C. for a couple games. And then Sunday, Towson's home opener, Robert Morris uh, in town uh, to take on the Tigers for a late for a fairly late game, a 7 p.m. tip on a Sunday. I might there might be a chance that I make an appearance. I'm doing an event at Towson on Sunday, so I might be sticking around to try to check out some of that game on Sunday night as well. Uh, at Discourse D1 S Course, uh, still want to plug Blue Ribbon? Sure, Blue Ribbon Yearbook. Um, lots of uh, lots of good stuff in there. Just uh, previewing the season, you can get your copy at blueribbonyearbook.com, either a hard copy 
or the digital version. The digital version would come pretty much immediately. Highly recommend it uh, to be able to be prepared for everything this college basketball season. Patrick Stevens, appreciate you as always, my friend. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Awesome, Glenn. Thanks so much for having me. That's Patrick Stevens, our guy. Appreciate him taking the time for us. Again, Maryland Mount St. Mary's tonight. Of course, you guys will be too busy at the Tyus Bowser show, so... You know, you'll find out later what happened in the Maryland game, and we'll have it. We'll put they'll put it up on one of the TVs at uh, Guilford Hall Brewery tonight, so we'll poke in on it. Actually, it's not on TV tonight. Never mind. About to say, not on TV tonight. I bet I doubt they have a subscription to Big Ten Network Plus. They, yeah, I'm gonna doubt it. I don't know who does have a subscription to Big Ten Network Plus. No offense, I'm not trying to. Boy, I'm gonna feel really stupid when they call and ask if I want a job. I love Big Ten Network Plus. It's the best. Um. I just, I, it's the same thing. It's the the flow sport. It's it's one thing if you got to subscribe to ESPN Plus because you get a lot of stuff, like a lot. These other things, it's very specific. Like I'm not ever going to be watching a Wisconsin field hockey game. That day is just not going to occur. By the way, Maryland, the number four seed in the NCAA field hockey mm-hmm. tournament, they lost in the uh, Big Ten championship game to Northwestern. I think is who they lost to. I think we're definitely gonna get some Peacock games as well. Rutgers was a Rutgers yeah, and, Princeton was right, on Peacock. Right, and that's the. Peacock's fine. You get other content. They have shows. You can watch the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah. You're willing signing up. Yeah, sure. You get the soccer. If you're a pro wrestling fan, that's where all the WWE stuff is. Like signing up for Peacock, not Mm. quite the same as signing up for Big Ten Network Plus when you're just again, I'm not gonna be watching Michigan rowing. It's just not gonna happen at any point. Which is no offense, no disrespect to the Michigan rowers who are fine athletes. It's just not something I'm gonna spend any time with. Right, is this your way of telling me we're taking a break before we talk to Joe Serpico? Um no, I mean we I mean I guess we can. Up yeah. the up the I am now, because I have to drink more water, in the era where I'm going to have to start taking pee breaks during the show. Gotcha. I spent more time yesterday peeing than I did working. I can't drink water like this. I why don't know why do you have to drink water? Just, just. I mean, I know you should. Because that's to avoid getting more kidney stones. Oh, I see what. Okay, that's what I. That's like, also that's what I the, missed. The, I do. The, the, did you miss the fact that I had a kidney stone? I mean, I remember weekend? seeing it. I, yeah. But yeah, I gotta drink. I didn't see the stone, but yeah, yeah, I didn't. Well, I didn't share it. <laughs> gotta drink dramatically more water, and I did that for the first time yesterday, and I spent half the day in the bathroom. <laughs> I don't know how you people drink this much water. How do you function, especially once you're in your forties, like I am? Like, it's just over. Yeah, Get, it is ball- annoying. I, I, I have to apologize to all of the, the drunk girls that I went out with when I was a younger man. <laughs> like, you're going to the bathroom again? Oh, I get it now. I completely understand. I totally get it. I am going to spend half the day in the bathroom today. It's awkward. Well, okay. It's uncomfortable, but I'm going to help. Well, then let's take a break to help you out. We're going to have mandatory hydration and bathroom breaks moving forward on GCR. That's the way it's going to go. All right, we'll preview Waiver Wire Wednesday. Joe Serpico joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. 
Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best and use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, November 7th at Guilford Home Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your waiver wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Tuesday edition of the program. Project Game Day returns this Sunday. Myself, Rita, Femi Ion Badejo with you after every Ravens game all season long. Come join us for Project Game Day, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline, or PressBoxOnline.com slash Game Day. Project Game Day, every game day all season Brought to you by A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. 
It is time for us to preview Waiver Wire Wednesday. Joining us now, Press Box fantasy football analyst Joe Serpico, presented by Live Casino and Hotel. Joe, good morning. How are you, my friends? Good morning, guys. I am happy to celebrate a win this week, despite starting Daniel Jones. Eee, Don't ask me how I pulled that off, eee, but it worked. That is uh, that is magical. I uh, was not able to overcome some of the issues. All right, I need to start with something very selfish. All right, I'm in a league where I am five and four. Like I'm in okay shape, but I'm not in great shape. And in that league, uh, I, I got I got problems. Because I did not realize that my entire team is either on buy or IR this week. Like, the whole thing. And unfortunately, this is a league where we don't have a IR spots. So, like, Justin Jefferson is just going to have to sit on my bench. So, at the moment, these are the, I have all of these players that are unavailable to me this week. Tua, Daryl Henderson, Kyron Williams, Pacheco, Justin Jefferson, Puka Nakua, Jalen Waddle, and Dallas Goddard. I'm, I need a flex and a tight end, and I'll have to pick both of those things up on waivers somehow. I can. I feel like I can drop Daryl Henderson for one of them because the Rams stink. But and at this point, do I? Is there anybody else I can drop, or do I just have to play without a kicker this week? Uh, I agree with dropping Henderson. The other one I might consider is uh, Dallas Goddard, just based on the news that uh, fractures forearm. He could be out for a couple weeks. And it sounds like you are uh, truly desperate. So that I, ideally, yeah, if you had an IR spot or a couple yeah. places to Not... uh, to stash away, you would keep them. But you know, you're desperate and you need a tight end. Sounds like he might be uh, one of the guys you're unfortunately going to cut cut ties with there. Uh, Dallas Goddard. How do we know how long it's going to be? Mm-hmm. I, don't... I believe I heard a minimum of two weeks. Uh, <sighs> possibility they put him on IR. If you know, then you're looking at probably final weeks of the. Fantasy regular season. If you're five and this four, the, you need to I, win now. I hear you, but like it's tight end hell. You know what I mean? Like I would almost rather give oh, up I on. I God, I'd almost rather drop like Kyron Williams at this point than than drop Dallas Goddard just because like I, the tight end position sucks so much. Rappaport said a four week recovery timeline yesterday. So, there you go. Yeah. Okay. So we're week 14 at earliest, right? Yeah, we're going into week 10. Yeah, week 14 at earliest. I, un- if you're I understand. At that stage, you might be in or out of the playoffs. What you're saying is is relevant. I know it is at the exact same time. I there is not tight end hell to me is the worst thing that exists in fantasy football these days. And I realize I'm going to be in tight end hell for the next few weeks. Like, I understand I'm going to have to deal with that for a couple of weeks. But giving up someone who might be a functional tight end, I guess the idea is that you're hoping nobody else claims him next week. And so, uh, You could do that as well. Yeah, you could try to drop him this week. And since he's injured, try to scoop him back up, hoping that nobody else does the same thing there. Uh, that's really all I got for you there. Yeah, you got that was kind of going to be the headline of my week is just the four teams that we have on a bye this week. Yeah, they're all heavy they're hitters all... between the quarterback yep. and the receivers and the, even the running back and some, you know, even tight ends, let's say. Uh... Um, it's a rough week. Like in my case where I need a quarterback this week, it's a rough week to need a quarterback because there's at least four other teams that need a quarterback as well, most likely. All right. Uh, the headliner, of course, for Waiver Wire Wednesday this week is Keaton Mitchell. And I, I fear that if you're in a league with Baltimore-based people, he's most likely not available. But if somehow he is, and I will tell you that I am in a league with Baltimore-based people, where the, the league where we have no IR, IR spot, 
where he is. So let's talk about it. Like, I obviously you're putting in a waiver claim for him, but we don't even know what his role is moving forward. How far can you go with fab money for, for Keaton Mitchell? You hit the nail on the head of what I was going to say. What is his role moving forward? Uh, I think everybody got caught up. Yes, he had the nine carries, 138 yards, and the 60-yard uh, the touchdown run. But he only saw 14 snaps. Uh, Gu- uh, Gus Edwards also only saw 14 snaps. I think the person to keep an eye on was Justice Hill saw 48 snaps. And it wasn't just 48 snaps because he was playing in mop-up duty. Hill played throughout the game. So I think, you know, we're looking at a tr- true three-headed monster in Baltimore right now. They all have different roles. You know, Mitchell is your home run threat. Uh, Gus Edwards obviously being your thumper. And then Hill is your you know, receiving running back. So I think we're going to see all three guys. Now, again, we're in a pinch this week. Is Keaton Mitchell a guy that I might be putting at the flex? Yes, because I do think he's going to get more playing time. But I also don't think that you can expect uh, nine carries to be 138 yards each week as well. We could see next week where he has nine carries for 36. And, you know, it's kind of a, a dud for fantasy purposes. So I am putting in a waiver claim, but I'm not going overboard just because of the fact the other two guys aren't out of the picture. Where would he be ranked for you this week? Like that, that to me is the next layer to it is if you own Keaton Mitchell, are you like, for example, if I were to have him in this league where I, I need a, a, somebody to pick up this week and play in a flex spot, is he playable yet? Or do you still need to wait that out? Again, it's all depending on your desperation. I ideally would like to wait it out just because it's only a one-game sample. We've seen plenty of instances where we see these guys, you know, have one big game, and then we don't see them again for the next couple weeks. Uh, We know that the Ravens do want to get Mitchell involved more. It's just a case of do you take the other two guys off the field? And I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case. Like I said, I think all three are going to get some runs. So, for me, it's hard to trust him as a flex this week. Again, Based on all the teams are on a buy, you might have to. Uh, as far as where I'm ranking him, to start, let's say for this week, I still probably have him in the range of, let's say, somewhere between the 30s and 40s. I I'll be doing the rankings a little bit later today. Uh, but I would trust, you know, let's say guys, I would even trust like a James Conner that's coming back off an of injury this week more than, let's say, a Keaton Mitchell. Just guys that you know are going to get a lot more run. I understand that. I completely get it. Is there anywhere else that you can find running back help? It seems quite thin. Yeah, so I put uh, Zach Charbonnet in the article just more because it there's more of a split in carries there. Uh, I, you'll see in the next couple of weeks my focus is going to be more on handcuff running backs uh, as opposed to, let's say, these wide receiver fives and sixes that we're sometimes talking about uh, just because you're an injury away from having a potential starter. Uh, but as far as, you know, true hopeful spine this week, it was really with Mitchell and there wasn't a whole lot else to uh, to work with. It, it was a relatively low-scoring week for uh, – Football in general. Yeah, everything uh, everything was good for me, ex- or was bad for me this week, except for C.J. Stroud, who I left on the bench in the other league and would have won and would have been 6-3 and three and wouldn't have been as panicked about this uh, decision if I had just played C.J. Stroud last week. But I did play him in one league, and he carried me to a victory. Uh, Joe Serpico is with us, Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst. Joe, at wide receiver, speaking of C.J. Stroud, I know you put Tank Dell on the, the list. I... I cannot believe there are still leagues where Tank Dell is available, but I I completely hear you. Uh, is Noah Brown somehow a thing? Uh, Tank Dell, yes. Noah Brown, I think, was, like I kind of said before, about, well, I would say Mitchell, I would trust a little bit more than Noah Brown. I think that was more of a 
a one-hit wonder kind of thing where he took the one big play to the house. I think Dell is still the uh, the number two on that offense, uh, Nico Collins being the number one. And I like what I've seen from Dell. And the only reason, again, I was kind of nitpicking. I was just kind of trying to find guys that still around 50% available in leagues. Uh, Dell was one of them. So if he's out there, grab him. Uh, but like I kind of said before, it's kind of that time of the year where you know what you're getting from, from receivers. It's time to, uh, if you're especially a team that's kind of in the running for the playoffs to kind of uh, bolster your running back depth as opposed to be worrying about, you know, like I have on there, Demario Douglas. Uh, if you don't necessarily need him, there's no need to go after him. I would much ha- rather be stashing away a, uh, you know, Antonio Gibson, Zeke, or something like that, and you've one of the guys above them get hurt. Um, like, boy, is there anywhere else where you can find help as far as wide receiver? I know you you mentioned Demario Douglas. It's not doing a whole lot for me. Um, is there anywhere else you can find wide receiver help? I mean, I kind of draw so that I kind of was drawing the line today of like where I would put Demario Douglas. And am I starting him over, let's say, a Romeo Dobbs? Maybe. Am I starting him over Marquise Brown? Probably not. Am I starting him over either one of the Broncos receivers? Probably not. So that kind of tells you, you know, my general thinking of what I think of those guys as far as receivers. Now, of course, every week we're going to find that one home run threat. Uh, Rashid Shahid, somebody we talked about was last week or two weeks ago, that's always capable of popping a big play off. But like I said before, at this stage of the season, we kind of know what we're getting from all the receiver positions, barring injury. Uh, so finding receivers this time of the year is kind of rough, and the same could be set for tight ends. It kind of is what it is for both positions. This is why Daddy doesn't want to give up on Dallas Goddard just yet. This is why, even if I got to wait it out, the tight end thing is a nightmare, and that's what I'm dealing with. Yeah, that's uh, that's sort of what I was feeling. Um, I guess let's let's go back to quarterback for a second. If you picked up Will Levis, are you gonna give it another shot of playing him or? Did that get ruined with the second performance? And do we need to talk about Josh Dobbs as being viable? Yeah. Um, what Dobbs did this past week was obviously super impressive. Uh, I think we've all seen now him not even though the Cadians are teaching the offensive lineman the Cadians on the sideline there, which is which is incredible considering how he just got there. But yeah, he's kind of on that borderline, like kind of like I was just doing with the uh, receivers. Dobbs is kind of right there uh, for quarterbacks like I talked about him earlier in the year yes he brings uh the rushing ability that can make him fantasy relevant at times but then we saw a couple times in Arizona just how bad it can be too now that could be a byproduct of uh, the Cardinals all around are a stinky team so maybe now that he's in Minnesota things are a little bit better but again that's got to be one of those things where we got to kind of wait and see it I'm uh, again, we're all in a pinch for quarterbacks this week, but if you've got better options than Dobbs, I'm, I'm definitely looking elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, if we had better options, then I'd let, I'm, I think I'm playing Derek Carr. I think I'm like almost committing to Derek Carr now in the press box league. That's that's you know Matt Stafford's uh, not an option. I I don't know what else. Like, I it, would you play Dobbs over Derek Carr? No, I'm still going with Derek Carr. Uh, I think the Saints are slowly starting to uh, tick it up a little bit. Um, but I feel your pain because I'm starting Russell Wilson. That's the only quarterback on my roster yeah. right now. So, oh, and I'm I'm literally holding on hope that maybe Aaron Rodgers pulls off the miracle of miracles and somehow is back for fantasy playoffs. Um, yeah, I don't know that he might not be back before. I'm starting. I've got a theory. Griffin and I were talking about it earlier. 
that he's in cahoots with the NFL and with Amazon and he's coming back for the Black Friday game. Like I am in I am I am almost like ready to bet on the fact that he's going to play in that game because they are pumping the hell out of that thing to try to make it real and he was on the field last night telling people he'd be back in a few weeks. So I'm telling you, I got this funny feeling about Black Friday. Got a funny feeling that he is going to work his way back for that. All right, anything else anybody needs to know going into this week? Uh, no, kind of like I said before, if you could start stashing away, uh, you know, handcuffed running backs, I would start considering that. Even How, does though anyone have points. How does anyone have a roster spot right now for that? I know this week is a rough week to do that. But let's say, you know, moving forward, let's say if you have yeah. the spot to do so, you know, start stashing away at these backup running backs. Yeah, you might see them sitting there and collecting no points right now. But let's say week 13, 14, 15, they might be, you know, league winners for you. Guys like, you know, Zach Boss slowly seeing his stuff diminish, but keep him on your roster. I mentioned Zeke. I mentioned Gibson. Tank Bigsby being another guy that hasn't got a whole lot of run. Some have ZTN. That's his job moving forward. So keep an eye on those guys rather than, like I said before, holding on to a, you know, if you got to start Demario Douglas this week, sure. Uh, but if he's just some, let's say, roster depth, I would much rather have one of those running backs. All right. At Joe Serp on Twitter is how you follow him. Pressboxonline.com to see all of his stuff. Joe Serpico, always appreciate you, brother. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes for us. Absolutely. Talk to you guys next week. Sounds good, buddy. Joe Serpico, Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst, with us here on GCR. Joe is always brought to you by our friends at Live Casino and Hotel. Griffin, you want to let everybody know what's going on over at Live Casino and Hotel? Yes, I want to tell you about the second chance to win drawing. If luck wasn't on your side in a recent bet, maybe uh, yeah, maybe you bet with Jeremy Kahn and you didn't bet with me uh, over, over the weekend in the picks contest. You, know, you, 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 know, you went 8-1 and one and yet you were still only tied because... Apparently, we picked every game the exact same way. I know. I didn't, way. I didn't realize that. And as happened. I suggested, uh, I'm starting to think that maybe you have to turn your picks into somebody. I, I swear I swear, I, I, you I went, make you all You went my from being garbage to suddenly, suddenly you just happened to agree with every pick that I made. Everything that came out of my mouth, you said, yeah, I'll go with that too. After you had stunk. I stunk. I can promise for you. For a month straight. I make my picks before the segment. Um, I am I, absolutely. As I said yesterday, by the way, my fears are confirmed. Uh, Paul Valley is going to have the time of his life if he's the one that has to go to the Creed show. Paul tweeted us all this morning, or texted us all this morning, and said, uh, "Brutal, brutal week for your boy. One and eight. Yikes!" And I said, "Yeah, but I don't like you being in Creed position because you'll probably have the time of your life." Paul says, "Yeah, if they tear it down like Limp Biscuit, then I might not even uh, need the last place to go. What a wildly ridiculous run!" Ro- John Proctor is purposefully losing to use this contest as an excuse to see Creed without judgment a thing. He says, it's not. Just trying to lean into it to keep from crying. KZ said, uh, Jeremy going 2-7, and seven, he should be forced to go with you. Well, Jeremy right now would be the one that would have to pay the big punish. <laughs> which I still contend is worse than going to see Creed. Also, we agreed you have to go by yourself. Because, again, Paul Valley would go, and, like, if Paul went with one of his buddies, they just rock out together and have a great time. So we still have to add a level of awkwardness right. to go the Creed yourself. thing. You have to go by yourself in order to make sure that it's totally awkward. Now, if you did lose bets, there is good news from our friends at Live Casino and Hotel, though. That is correct, because uh, radio, you can turn those radio losses. Radio professional. Yeah, right. Griffin's... Griffin's already checked out and is just looking at something on the internet when he's in the middle of doing a read. Turn the losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland between now and January 4th. 
2024 all live casino and hotel Maryland Rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum. And then two nights a week, 20 different winners will be chosen with prizes ranging from live casino and hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social ultimate happy hour prizes, as well as cash and free play worth up to $500. Drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday over at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland at Arundel Mills. Must be 21 to play. Please play responsibly for help. Visit MD gamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so the, there, there was another page in the saga of the Michigan uh, drama yesterday as the AP reported that there was this other four, Big Ten coach who said that they had been s- stealing signs from Michigan. And, of course, in the world, and this is the America that Elon Musk wants, where there's no context, the Internet all of a sudden, this is like, I'm not going to say it's the same thing as the. Remember what I said about the Trevor Bauer thing a couple weeks ago, where I was like, "You guys are are watching something and saying, ah, he's completely exonerated," which is not at all what happened. It certainly means that there is more to the story than perhaps we knew before. But in no world did the video that Trevor Bauer put out make him suddenly completely exonerated, even if. The, the young lady had, like, agreed to, you know, rough sex. The idea that, like, it's okay that he was punching her in the face. Like, might be exonerated in court doesn't suddenly mean that, like, ah, oh, this is a good guy that just really, he's the victim here. Like, no, he, and by the way, there's also still other allegations. We, we lose, we, we can only see, like, the immediate thing that's right in front of us. We are utterly incapable of subtlety, nuance, context. We've lost any ability for those things. So for some people, when they see this story yesterday about Michigan football, all of a sudden they say, ah, see, Michigan's exonerated. That's, of course, not at all what happened yesterday. It's another level of the complexity of the story, and it goes back to what I said at first when this came out, and I said, I'm, I'm feeling like... This is Astros, like where I'm not sure how worked up I should be about it. I'm guessing that a lot of other teams were trying to do things too. Now, do I think that there was a Connor Stallions on every football staff that was going around and apparently employing? God, man, how did I never get that gig? Why did no one ever ask me? Just go to football games. I want to pay you money. All you got to do is go to football game and wear these sunglasses and, and hit a button. That's it. That's all you have to do. Really? That's it? There's nothing else? I don't have to know anything? I don't have to... I can just sit there and hit... I paid to go to the Maryland-Wisconsin game in Madison last year. You had a good time. Yeah, we had a good time. Not the game. The game sucked. The trip was fine. The game was dreadful. Um, I, like, I think that they were doing it in a more cartoonish, comical way. And, and this this line they're trying to hide behind, this is where the, like, the complexity of it is is hilarious where they're still trying to pretend and they're not even they're not even trying to use the words Jim Harbaugh didn't know they're just saying there's no evidence that connects Jim Harbaugh well you know other than the video where he's asking Connor Stallions what are they doing on this play now again that alone in a court of law could not prove that he knew the depths of Connor Stallions knowledge and sign stealing yeah. plans but it 
the preponderance of evidence, this isn't a court of law, a preponderance of evidence would suggest Jim Harbaugh knew there was at least lengths that they were going to in order to be able to better steal signs. That doesn't mean that you can prove that in a court of law, but if it was a civil lawsuit, a preponderance of evidence would say Jim Harbaugh had enough knowledge that there was something there that it would be ridiculous to suggest otherwise. But the NCAA, apparently, within the bylaws... The problem is they can't prove direct evidence. Like they can't, they don't have evidence that makes it so they can say beyond a shadow of doubt, which is what they're worried about should they be sued. If they're sued by Michigan, then they got to go to court and can they prove it? Well, the NCAA has a bylaw that says it doesn't matter if the coach knew all of the elements of this. The NCAA. It made it so that years ago, we talked about this before, it used to be that back when, you know, paying players was illegal, that there would be somebody whose job it was to essentially be the fall guy. Make it clear, the coach didn't know what was going on. It was your job. And you understand that if something comes out, you're the one to go. And the coach can wash his hands. In fact, it was almost common within basketball programs, football programs, for there to be a, I don't want to know, newfound glory, right? Like, I don't want... I, I, that wasn't even the way the song goes. It was terrible. What a terrible newfound... I, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. All right, it was a great song. Anyway, um, so that's the way that it worked for years. Don't tell me. That way, I can be truthful when somebody asks. Hey, what was... How did these hookers end up here? I don't know. I don't know. You guys know what you're supposed to do. You have your barking orders, but I can't know about any of it. Whatever it is that you guys are doing to try to get players to come here, I will not know about it. And we'll throw you under the bus, and that's the way that it'll go. And, you know, we'll break you off a little piece, uh, make it make you whole. Literally, the, the mafia. like Essentially. Yeah. Uh, that's not true. I think the... Like, I don't think that the higher-ups in the mafia were all that concerned about whether or not they knew specific things. I really don't. Like, I, that, anyway, that's a conversation for another day. The idea being, let's protect this by not knowing. The NCAA realized that's what programs are doing, and so they instituted a policy that said, no longer. If you don't know, to the point of, and I, I know in the Yahoo report they like listed out, not just the assistant coaches, but players, members of the band, mascots, any of that. Essentially saying, there will be no fall person available to you. There will be no, they'll break the rules so I can get away with it. If anything at all is going on within the program, you will be punished for it. You will take control and you will govern that no one will break any rules. And the reason you will do that is because you'll be the one that pays the price, which in theory makes all the sense in the world. It forces the leader of the program, the person with the most power, to say, we're not doing any of that stuff here. And if we catch wind that you might be doing something like that, you're gone because I'll lose my job if you're doing it. 
it was the perfect way for the NCAA to address and they get everything they get everything wrong. They're the worst organization in the history of sports. But that was the correct way to do it. No longer allow the loophole of there being a fall guy. Makes all the sense in the world. The problem is the Big Ten bylaws are not written the same way. Within the Big Ten bylaws, the coach had to know about it. So now there's this giant gray area. And the president of the University of Michigan is threatening to sue, right? Like, the president of the University of Michigan is saying, well, you got to base on your bylaws. If you can't prove that Jim Harbaugh was in on it, then the way your bylaws are written, you can't punish us. You can't punish him, specifically. And Connor Stallions, who we're going to throw under the bus, who we're saying is the staffer who went rogue, sure, we, he's already gone. You know, how dare he refuse to cooperate with investigators? That's shameful. He's out of here. Well, of course he wasn't going to cooperate with investigators. Because what might he have told investigators? Who else was involved? Obviously, he wasn't going to cooperate with investigators. Who was the guy that went to jail for Barry Bonds? What was that guy's name? It, he was in the document. Oh, God, was it Victor Conti? Was that his name? That was willing to go to jail to not just admit what everyone on the planet knew, which is that Barry Bonds was using steroids. Like, to the point of willing to go to jail over it. Greg Anderson? Okay. That might be the guy that, that was I'm his trainer, of. I think. That might be who I'm thinking of. Yeah, was willing to go to jail to protect Barry Bonds. Not, not from going to jail, just from being out as a steroid user, which we, were, we all already knew, and we were going to find out anyway. I don't know what the agreement was. I don't know what the arrangement was that made it worth it. But, of course, it's going to be worth it to Connor Stallions to not talk to investigators and to not cooperate because he'll be made whole. What, is the NCAA going to pay him for telling – is the Big Ten going to give him money for telling the truth? Michigan football, which is quite powerful, they can make sure that he gets taken care of. So, of course, Connor Stallions isn't going to be cooperative. But Michigan's going to say – Rogue staffer. How dare he not cooperate? Unbelievable. Shameful. He's gone. We took care of the problem. That won't I probably I'll tell you what's gonna, gonna there'll be no more Connor Stallions around these parts. That's shameful. Shame on him. We're all it's the we we're gonna it's the guy wearing the hot dog suit that's gonna find the guy that got to the bottom of it. We're all trying we're to find We're all trying to find the guy. Well, they found the guy. It's Connor Stallions. Alone, singularly, no one else knew. Why was it they were all asking Connor Stallions what they should do on the sideline? Reasons. He he was he was just like a soothsayer, man. He knew what other teams might be doing. Wow, because he was stealing signs. Oh, that's crazy. He was stealing signs. Gee, gosh, golly. Well, that is just not okay. So here we are. The Big Ten is in this bind where. They know that Jim Harbaugh should be punished. But they also know that Michigan, for because, again, football is more important than anything. This should be, in a normal functioning society, this should be scandalous. The people at the University of Michigan should want this guy thrown out. The president, Santa Oro, I believe is there. It's, it's something, Santa Ono, Santa Oro, whatever his name is. How dare you yeah. 
try to protect a cheating football program when your priority should be an entire institution. But we're not a functioning society. We're a society that, that believes that grift is an art. That like being a grifter is something that you should be congratulated for, elected president over. We are not a functioning society. We have given up. We don't believe in those things. We want to recognize, you know, Logan Paul. Or a North American or a US champion. That's right? correct. Yes. This is what we do. So the president of a major university wants to get into a bylaw debate. He knows exactly. He knows that no one there is stupid. They know exactly what was going on. That even if Jim Harbaugh somehow didn't know the depths, it's because he purposely tried to prevent himself from knowing. He knew what was happening. He just knew better than to be directly connected to it somehow. They know that they were cheating. But football is more important than life. Football is more important than doing the right thing. And they've beaten Ohio State in the last two years. And in that world, that's more important than having air to breathe. That's it. So anyone who dared stand up to it would be run out. Imagine if the university president attempted to stand up to his football coach. He'd, they'd, they'd, they'd ask for him to be slaughtered in the street. And I wish that that was hyperbole, but I don't know that it is. That's how embarrassing of a society we are. The context that was added yesterday is the notion that, like, hey, you know, there might be other people doing it too, which, again, I assume from the get-go. I don't think they were doing it to the lengths that Connor Stallions was. But sign-stealing is... It's the same way that I felt about the baseball thing. It's it's kind of sort of the way that it's gone for forever. And these sports have all needed to come up with better plans for how to make it more difficult. I, I don't know what those answers are. At some point, it just might not be... It might be that you're going to have to deal with the fact that people might know what you're doing. And maybe we just, as Drew suggested... All sign stealing needs to be legal, right? Like, everyone needs to be on the same page. You can send out your guys to all the various games and advance scout them. Honestly, it's maybe a little bit weird that the games are all on TV. <laughs> I don't work for any Big Ten program, but if I was at the Maryland-Wisconsin game, what would prevent me from holding up my phone and recording it? It's a, it's almost a little bit goofy that like you you obviously can do this. We're just asking you not to. Like, well, what the hell did you think was going to happen? If it's something that's possible, if it's plausible to be done, it's probably going to be done. I, I I don't know. I I'm in a weird place with this one because I don't like Michigan or Ohio State, right? So like, I don't root for one or the other. I certainly don't think that Ohio State is like a holier-than-thou program. My God. It's Ohio State that we're talking about. If there is a rule, they're going to figure out a way to break it. Although, as I said before, 
giving benefits to players was never going to be something you were never in my life. That that the rule was broken. The rule was horrendous, and I was never going to be worked up about any program because, you know, it, it was shameful and embarrassing that that was a rule that existed. So I don't come down on one side of this. I think what we learned is Maryland would probably be Big Ten champions if they of all the teams that didn't cheat, right? Like if we just got rid of all the cheating teams and said all the teams that were on the up and up, Maryland Big Ten champions, and – and if they had just cheated, probably would have won the Big Ten anyway, right? Probably, like they probably would have yeah. been better than they just they, they would have had really... to get, they would have had to get past Iowa. But yeah, once, right. That's a great point. Once I, they score I eleven think, points in a game, they're they, be they're good. good. <laughs> exactly right. They, they're fine at that point. It's 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 very weird, and like I'm totally prepared for the Big Ten to just put their arms up and shrug, to just say, "Well, we tried, but we didn't want to get sued," and that's just the end of it. Like I am completely prepared. I and. I would almost say I think they'll attempt to announce some sort of punishment, but it will never be enforced. I think it'll be there'll be an injunction. They'll announce some sort of punishment. Michigan will go to a court, appeal it, get some sort of injunction, and the injunction will last through the end of the year. Michigan will of course get blown out in the semifinals if they make it that far. Like they're not they're certainly not going to win a national championship. Um I mean they could lose to Penn State. I don't think they will, but they could lose to Penn State on Saturday. It's possible. I I doubt it, but they could. I assume that's going to be one of the games we'll pick this week. Um, I, whenever Michigan loses, quietly, they'll go back to the table with the Big Ten, and they'll figure out – they'll, they'll create some sort of bizarre – instead of Jim Harbaugh facing a suspension, here's, here's this other penalty that we'll pay. Donate – X amount of dollars to charity, be you know a massive fine, um, you know, create some sort of program to combat cheating. Like they'll come up with something. The Big Ten will accept it as punishment, and because it's all going on in the off season, none of us will think about it. And by the time we get to next year, we'll have forgotten about all of this. That's my gut about how all this plays out. The NCAA would have the option to step in. But they're cowards. They they won't. Like, M- Michigan's cheating, so they'll somehow punish Central Michigan. And, I like, I'm not kidding about that. They'll punish Central Michigan because Connor Stallions was on their sideline. Somehow Central Michigan will end up serving a more practical punishment than Michigan will in all of this. I, and I'm, I'm betting on that. There'll be a higher dot. Michigan will end up paying $20 million, something extraordinary, in order to avoid the punishment. Jim Harbaugh will sit down and try to figure out if he believes that his reputation has taken a hit. And if he does, he'll go to the NFL. If he doesn't, if he thinks he's come out of it completely, you know, scot-free, then he'll get paid an extraordinary amount of money to continue being the Michigan coach. This is... It reeks of we're not going to do anything. It's there's and there's also no hiding behind. Well, there might have been other programs doing it. That doesn't change whether or not you were cheating. If a rule exists, even when, I said this about the you're not going to get me to worked up about the Astros. I won't be, but I get why they had to punish the parties. I understood why the parties involved had to be punished because if a rule exists, there has to be punishment or else it's not a rule. Be like me walking into my kids and saying, 
you know, y- y- you can't you can't run around naked in the yard. Well, what happens if we do? Nothing. Okay, well then we're going to go run around naked in the yard. The rule exists. If somebody violated it, they have to be punished. But I'm completely prepared for them not to be. I am almost banking on the fact that they're not going to be at this point. Because this is college sports, man. At the highest level. I mean, if they were, again, if this was Delaware that they were talking about, they would, instead of they would come down hard on them. Because they're not making money for anybody. Michigan's making money. Michigan's good for the Big Ten. Michigan's good for the network partners. They're not coming after Jim Harbaugh. That's not happening. They're going to do everything in their pa- They're going to make it look like they did. We tried. We, we announced the suspension. And ultimately, we, we think we agreed to a, a fair... Do you know how this is going? In March, they're going to sit down and announce an unprecedented fine. And... The, the president, the holier-than-thou president of the University of Michigan is going to come out and say, and we have instituted all of our employers are going to be forced to take these mandatory cheating um, courses, which but they'll never do. It'll just be some announcement. This is how society works. This, this is where we're going. Unless there's some political figure that feels like going after Michigan is going to help them win. And I, I think Michigan is a bit of a battleground state, correct? As far as a presidential election yeah. is concerned. Uh, right? Yeah, Aren't they a, a pretty. A, so they're definitely not going to do that. There's no world in which either the Democrats or the Republicans are going to go after a state where they feel like they have to try to win. So that ain't happening. Forget it. They're all going to talk about how great Jim Harbaugh is. I mean, like, literally, that's going to... I mean, Donald Trump, Jesus Christ, that guy. But even Joe Biden's got to go there and be like, ah, I, I mean, he'll probably call him Dave Harbaugh or something like that, but he'll go there and he'll talk about how great he is. That's, that's who we are as a society, baby. This is America. What was the line in uh, the first scene of The Wire with Snot Boogie? They're like, so he would come out every Friday and steal the, steal the money and you still let him play in the game? He'd be like, had to. This is America. This is America. Dude, you cheated? You had a complex sign-stealing system? It's, it's miraculous that we've ever punished anybody. I can't believe we ever punished Lance Armstrong. I can't believe it. How did we not have the institutions in place for him to be bigger than that? I, I guess because it's cycling and so nobody really cares. Yeah. But, like, how did Nike not step up and say, like, no, 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 no. You're not doing that. We'll figure out another way around this. Like, I can't believe that anybody that's that, that's that significant ever faces any punishment because there's too much at stake. And there's too much at stake right now. with the, Again, the threat, the threat of Michigan suing the Big Ten. Now you have to open yourself up to discovery. And you definitely don't. Now everybody's going to find out about all the illegal things that you've been doing. You can't go through discovery. So got to back out you got to bow out quietly it's nonsense man this is america <sighs> it's a really depressing way to transition <laughs> i got nothing else to say though yeah i mean it's what it is it's what it is all right um don't forget this sunday we're going to be at towson university they're hosting a really wonderful event for veterans of course veterans day is this weekend and we're helping them honor and celebrate veterans day as we will be there this Sunday 
for their big Veterans Day celebration and resource fair. It's co-hosted by Towson University's Military and Veterans Center and the Baltimore County Commission on Veterans Affairs. Free food, live music, DJ, uh, a lot of veteran vendors will be on site, as well as uh, information, you know, sessions about um, for veter- that are created for veterans, as well as speakers that will be there, service opportunities, plus an opportunity to hang out, watch the game. Femi Ayambadejo, Super Bowl champion, is going to be on site, and we're going to be hanging out afterwards. Me, Femi, Ken Zalis will all be there. Uh, for our part of Project Game Day and the post-game show. Going to be a great day, Saturday, start or Sunday. Let me make sure I get that right. Sunday, starting at noon in Towson University's University Union. We will see you there. Looking forward to being a part of this event and uh, helping to celebrate and lift up veterans in our area. Asking you, if you know someone, if you're not a veteran but you know someone who's a veteran, just reach out to them. And this is not, by the way, exclusive to veterans. You can still, it's open to the public. You can come out, but would encourage you, this is meant for veterans to celebrate and lift them up and help connect them with other veterans, uh, veteran-owned businesses, things along those lines. This is an event for vets. Please, any vets in your life, let them know what we're doing on Sunday, that they can come out and meet a Super Bowl champion and uh, hang out for Project Game Day this Sunday. How about we uh, get, what? Do you want to do the thing behind you? Uh, uh it last week <laughs> it's almost like it's gonna go away so well i believe uh drew said it at 40 last time i don't really feel like what well, <laughs> i can be in weird place where i'm almost like maybe it is 40 now like wow. maybe i'm looking at a team that's 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 seven and two that's firing all cylinders that as we mentioned yesterday is the number three dvoa team of all time through nine games Oh, still dropping. 36. 36. I'm up to 36. Like, this is the problem, is that let's just say they went, let's go crazy. Let's say this is 2019 Redux. Let's say they win, they go 15-2. and They don't don't lose another game. What would the appropriate number be going into, you'd still have to go into the playoffs. What would the appropriate number be going into the playoffs? If they, so 15-2. and and 15-2. What would be the appropriate number? Because I still don't know that you would feel better than 50-50. Right. Like, we saw them do that four the years ago. still around. And four years ago, they, will look they, good. they were unbeatable until their first playoff game. So I don't know that it would be better than 50-50 at that point. So I don't know how much I can raise. Like, I'm almost thinking 30-36 is still too high. But I'll leave it there. 36 is the number. Chance Percentage chance that the Ravens win a Super Bowl in the uh, life of Lamar Jackson's contract. will make it 36%. This one's just not hitting the way that the previous Lamar meter did. Got to figure out we're how not, to perfect yeah. that. I mean, it's because we're not Gotta, living it every single day. We're just I not. Mean, we are, yeah, but like, right? Like, it's just not. I don't know. It, I, did, it didn't feel like uh, I gotta be honest with you guys, were on the line. The last week, I've quietly thought about just making it go away. <laughs> like, this one, this one just isn't. It's not what it was. But, you know, we'll see. Whatever. 36% for now. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, let's start with, uh, yeah, college basketball. Since college basketball is back, get some funny stats. Um, there's a nice seesaw in the Wake Forest Elon game. So Elon 
uh, was up by as much as 21 over Wake Forest, uh, 36 to 15, and then Wake ended up coming back and won by 23, despite being down by over 20. It's the only Division One game over the last 15 year, at least the last 15 years, in which a team trailed by 20 and still won by 20. So, how Wake about for, that? Wake Forest, like it's, Jared Burson. It's uh, definitely not interesting to me, but I sure yes, it if, is. If no, but if you cared about it, I get. I don't know. It's a thing. It's. It happened. JMU handed Michigan State their first ever home loss in the month of November under Tom Izzo. That's a little surprising given the fact that they're normally not a good November team. They've been seventy three and zero on their yeah, home. Yeah, I mean part of that is that they're just playing a lot of like I'm I'm guessing they haven't played a lot of marquee November games yeah. at home. Yeah, I guess because they're always playing on, you know, yeah, in the, battleships the, and correct and those big marquee events. I I assume and the Big Ten ACC challenge isn't until December. Mm-hmm. So they probably played. They probably played Maui a handful of times in there. I just don't know that they're playing. I don't know how many teams play big home games. I know the ACC Big Ten, or sorry, the Big Ten Big East thing mm-hmm. is in November. That's why Maryland's playing Villanova. But there's just not a lot of those types of events. Uh, Michigan State also the first AP top five team to lose its season opener. Uh, since 2005, lose their season opener to an unranked opponent since 2005. What the last team to do that was Michigan State ah, how about that? when they lost to Hawaii back in 2005. Okay. Um, the uh, the San Jose Sharks are uh, god-awful. They're, they're awful. They're god-awful. They're really bad. Uh, they lost 10-2 to to the Penguins uh, after losing 10-1 to against the Canucks over the weekend. Um, they are now the first team in NHL history to allow 10-plus goals in consecutive games since 1965 when the Bruins did it. In Say that one more time. They are the first team in NHL history since 1965 uh-huh. to allow 10 goals in consecutive games since the Bruins in 1965. Very That's, bad. Doesn't seem good. No. Uh, Gus Edwards had two rushing touchdowns. Gavit games. That's the name of the, the Big Ten Big East thing. So I oh. guess Michigan State has probably played somebody relevant in that thing over the years. But Gus had two rushing touchdowns uh, on a Sunday. He became the fifth Ravens player ever with multiple rushing touchdowns in back-to-back games. He is the fifth. I mean, I'm going to assume Jamal Lewis. Jamal Lewis did not do this. That's stunning. Yeah. Is it Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson is the most recent. Lamar Jackson did it uh, this season, actually. Ray Rice? Ray Rice is on the list in 2012. Uh, Priest Holmes. Not Priest Holmes. Um, Mark Ingram? No, Mark Ingram did not do this. He ran for a lot of touchdowns yeah, that year. That's a little felt surprising. Like, felt like he could accidentally did this. Yeah. Willis McGahee. Willis McGahee in 2009 did have consecutive games with multiple rushing touchdowns. Um, so you have one more. Forsett? Justin Forsett, yes, okay. in 2014. Well done. Well done. How about that? You want one more or are you good? I think I'm good. Uh, okay. Trivia last night. Uh, uh, one of them was really one of them was really easy. It was name the three teams that Bobby Knight coached in his career. Darn, I should know this. Indiana, this is pretty bad. Yeah, Indiana. Oh yeah. man, I don't know who the other two are. Oh no. Yeah. That's really bad. Yeah, it's not great. That's really, really bad. Um, the one was before Indiana. The one was after Indiana. When he was fired, there was someone who came to the rescue. I remember the big like statement in the press conference was, we like your style, and it, it fit perfectly for the part of the country that it was. Um, 
Jeez. I, I, I don't know. Because I believe be he was replaced guesses. there by his son after he retired. Patrick Knight. Who was that? Who would that have been? This is really bad. Yeah, I don't this like is really bad. I don't know which one is worse for you to not remember. I don't know which one is worse. Uh, he finished his career at Texas Tech after he had been dismissed by the okay. University of Indiana. He began his career famously where he once coached Mike Shashevsky at Duke. No, no. Oh. I don't know where my, I don't know why I can't remember where Mike went. Mike went to college either. This is bad. I'm this sorry. I don't bad, know. Bad, bad, bad. No. Army. Oh, Army. Oh, okay. Where he began his coaching career and where he coached Mike Shashevsky. Bad. Yeah, I would not have been helpful in that one. I would have given you Indiana. Bad, 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 bad. Hey, not great. All right. Uh, yeah, sorry. It's what it is, man. It's all what, before I was alive. What, what it is. It doesn't, like, that's, I, it was before, I, you think that I was alive when Bob Knight was coaching an army? No, dude. This isn't about you being alive. I thought you were. No. <laughs> Give up, bro. Give up. Let's see what years he coached at army. He coached at army from 65 to 71. I was still 12 years away from being born when he left Army. Are you sure? Army. Yes. <laughs> it's just the type of thing that you know if you know college basketball history. Uh, the other question, if that one was hard. Yeah. No chance. I mean, this one's only uh, kind of a sports question. Uh, in the song, We Didn't Start the Fire, Billy, jo- uh, Billy oh, Joel man. named many athletes, but all of them fall into these two sports. Basketball? Nope. Football? Nope. <laughs> Tennis? Nope. Uh, so soccer? It's almost like you're purposely trying. <laughs> you didn't name hockey players, did he? 0 for 4. 0 for 5. <laughs> <laughs> now I forget what sports I said. Baseball? Baseball! Uh, hey, you got one! Baseball and yeah. what other sports are there? Cricket? No. <laughs> 1 for 6. <laughs> Um, uh, you know what? I'm real, real sorry you didn't make it out the trivia yeah, last night, yeah. pal. One for seven. Uh, let's see, baseball and um, what other sports are there? What? The, what? what Lots other? of other sports, yeah, Griffin. Lots of other sports. Couldn't be boxing. More boxing. Was it really? Hey, okay. yeah. hey, this is baseball bad. and boxing. Baseball and boxing. They all fell into those two categories. All right, let's get Tubular. Tubular is brought to you by ooh, Superbook Sports. Haven't even checked the line yet for this week. I'm going to say bet, Ravens. bet against the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. They play the Flyers tonight, so go ahead and uh, you go ahead and just keep that yeah, rolling. I would think so. Uh, I'm going to say Ravens favored by four and a half on Sunday. Believe you, you were wrong. I oh. think I saw it. Oh, yeah, think I think I saw it. it. I think it was six. Uh, believe it was six. Raven. It is six. Yeah. It is six. And the number is? Um, what, do you, what do you mean? The total. Oh, the total. Is, the, total. Uh, the number. The, the total. 43 and a half. 37 and a half. Wow. Low number. Wow. I thought 42, low, 43 would be low. Low number for Sunday. Of course, the Browns defense very good. The Ravens defense very good. I think so it's going to be 28 to 3 again. Yeah. Expecting a defensive battle. I might actually still bet the under there, honestly. I might still – I know that sounds crazy, but I What's might still be interested like? in the under. I haven't looked at it. It's supposed to be nice all week, so I don't okay. think the weather's going to be a factor. 
Uh, but you want to get in, use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up at Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. You'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose, Superbook.com or the Superbook app. Tonight, Tubular, first of all, you can go to Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline to watch the Tyus Bowser show with special guest Justin Matabike. But if I were you, I would just be at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North to watch the show live and meet the guys. Don't know what it is. I don't know if you've heard. The Ravens are really good. Justin Matabike is a superstar. What are we doing? Why should I have to ask you to come out? Come out. Who's calling me? Tell them to come out. Oh, it's my wife. Never mind. She'll be there. No, she won't. Oh. Um, she was there for the last one, though. Oh. Uh, Maryland does open the season at 7 against Mount St. Mary's Big Ten Network. Plus Loyola in the Patriot League Soccer Tournament semifinals. I'm sorry I won't be there, but we got the Tyus Bowser Show. It's on ESPN Plus at 6. Um, bunch of college basketball, none of it's significant. Auburn Baylor at 9 on ESPN is a fairly good one. Uh, the college football playoff top 25 unveiling at 7 on ESPN. Apparently, I don't know what's going on on ESPN, so they're, they're running that at 7. Like, you would think that they should be in the codes. Like, hey, no, nothing else to watch tonight. Maybe we have a big college basketball game. That sounds like fun. They're running college football playoff top 25 and then some pickleball thing. Really? Not even matching or anything? Like it's brutal. There is some action tonight on ESPN2, Ohio and Buffalo at 7.30, ESPNU, Central Michigan, Western Michigan at Soon 7. Should be sanctioned Central Michigan. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Definitely going to have to pay the penalty. Uh, CBS Sports Network for Ball State, Northern Illinois at 7. Uh, TNT, Red Wings, Rangers at 7.30, Devils a- Avalanche at 10. No NBA tonight because it is Election Day in oh, some places. Yes. And so the NBA does not play on Election Day, which I do. Like, I support... But we could use something. <laughs> like that's like I wanted to feel that way about college basketball. Like, oh, that's the reason why there was only a, cu- a handful. You know, like yeah. oh, no, I was thinking or no, I, not real, not why, real. Why games. all the games were on Monday night when there was a football game? I'm like, because they want to avoid election day. It's a good thing. Well, there's plenty of games tonight. They just all stink. There's just no good ones. Uh, so it's not that. The USA Network for WWE NXT tonight is at 8. Anything non-sports-wise? Uh, not really. ABC News special, uh, Dolly Parton from Rhinestones to Rock and Roll. I don't know. They're mm-hmm. at, that's at yeah, 10 o'clock uh, on ABC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Cox will be on Fallon tonight. Promo- promoting a, there is a, a new, spinoff. Of- there is a new James Bond game reality show that, that, that airs on Friday. And he plays like the, the main, like the, he plays a Bond villain, essentially, as they send people all over the world essentially competing in James Bond-like uh, challenges. Sure. It's called Road to a Million, so I'm you can good. win a million dollars. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, welcome to Wrexham, of course, on FX. I do like that. Yeah. I'm, uh, like I'm, that. I'm getting close to caught up. I'm Last week was a thriller, man. Last week was a thriller. Mm. Anything else? Uh, no, that, that is it. Right, very yeah. good. The rest go to glennclarkradio.com. Thanks to um, Joe Serpico. Thanks to Patrick Stevens. Thanks to Wes Brown and Tracy Wolfson. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God, it's so good. ...tab at glennclarkradio.com. And, of course, tomorrow on GCR... Drew Forrester will be here. Somehow you made it worse. If it was just stuffing things, it would... Get you segment number one of the Tyus Bowser Show with Justin Matabike tomorrow on GCR. Thanks to everybody at PressBox. Offer great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, the Maryland Five Star, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Superbook Sports, Harford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. 
Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. Uh, go Terps and Mount St. Mary's. We like them too. Duke sucks.